0: Blog
1: Talk Radio It is now time for your weekly football party Live from the IMLD home studios In its eighth season This is In Much Less Detail The Podcast Where we cut through the noise And give you your NFL breakdown In Much Less Detail with your host, Jay Andre. I actually just realized listening to that with my little reverb in the background of my intro, what that reminds me of. I the influences that we get throughout our lives, we don't even realize them a lot of times. That was very less Nessman like that, that little echo with the back when I say in much less detail the podcast when you uh, if you're a fan of WKRP in Cincinnati, the old uh, '70s and '80s sitcom, uh, the newsman Les Nessman, when he had his little introduction when he got on the air, this is the news with Les Nessman. He had the echo in the background. He didn't do it himself. That was that's the difference. He actually uh, had an announcer doing that for him, uh, but he had the same little cheesy echo that I had. So maybe that was where I got the inspiration from. I'm doing my own introduction, so that's that's the difference there. Um, Still cheesy, but, you know, it is what it is. I am who I am, and I'm proud of that no matter what. You are listening, if you haven't figured that out yet, to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are here with you live on a Friday night, October the 2nd, 2020. I'm Dre. My co-host, Jay, will join us shortly. He just texted me, uh, just got home beyond in a few, so he... Warned me about that earlier in the day that he got off work today at eight o'clock his time, which means that the nine o'clock start time for our show might have been an issue for him, but he did say if he, uh, if he's late, he won't be late for very long. So just go ahead and start without him. I offered to move the show uh, a half hour to nine 30 central time, but he uh, did not respond to that. So I guess he's going to be on momentarily. He says uh, beyond in a few. So, I'll get to stretch out and vamp a little bit, uh, waiting for my co-host to join us for our football party, two hours live discussing the events and happenings of week three in the National Football League before getting you ready with all of our picks for week four. Uh, I can take this moment to talk about my uh, attempt at finding an edge and my little stat about Uh, which coach in each game has uh, the longer tenure, which is the more experienced head coach with that particular team. And if you were listening last show, I told you that I went and did the math for week one. And in week one, I would have had a hell of a better record following that formula than just picking by myself. Because in week one, uh, the more experienced coaches went ten, four, and one against the spread. And, uh, with one game uh, not available to be judged by that metric because uh, the Bears and Lions both started, those coaches both started the same year. And then I said week two, it evened out. Uh, the more experienced coaches would have won seven and nine against the spread. So I was interested to see week three, sort of the, uh, the tiebreaker there. Three weeks is not a huge sample size to figure out if this is something that should be paid more attention to. But I was curious. So I did follow and... Keep track once again to see what the more experienced coaches would have done, or did do in week three, and the answer is uh, once again uh, a sort of a push, uh, uh, not really an edge, nothing to to write home about. Week three head coaches with the longer tenures went seven and six straight up, and eight and six against the spread. The uh, deficiencies there, the uh, thirteen straight up games there were two different games that had coaches that started in the same year. And there was one game, of course, as you know, that ended in a tie. So I guess seven, six and one straight up of the more experienced coaches and eight and six against the spread. So uh, basically break even uh, something I probably won't be keeping track of every single week, uh, seeing that these last two weeks, it was a break even type of, of scenario But you know what? Break even was much better than what I had been doing the first two weeks of the season. Of course, if you're a follower, you know that I started off very rough this year with five wins against the spread in each of the first two weeks. And what do I do in week three? I said I felt better about my picks, so I'm glad that it it bore fruit. I went and uh, equaled those 10 wins total on the season. I got 10 in week three alone last week, so I doubled my win total for the season in one week. Uh, Jason went eight and eight. So I got two games back on him. So I'm back to within four of Jason for the season. I'm sitting at 20, 27 and one for a 426 percentage, Jason above 500 still 24, 23 and one for a five eleven percentage. Of course he was going to stay uh, above 500 because he broke even. He went eight and eight. So whatever, However many games above 500 he was, that's exactly where he was going to stay. Uh, so I'm just happy to, to put together a 10-win week, a 10-and-6. Things felt much more natural. The outcomes were much more like, oh, okay, that's, what's, that's what was supposed to happen. My eyes weren't deceiving me. I was seeing what I thought I was seeing, and I, and I am starting to get it back on track a little bit, uh, the Monday night game notwithstanding. Now, I had six losses last week. Why do I focus on the Monday night game or think about that? Because that was the one that I felt maybe as strong about that pick as as any of my other picks. I didn't pick it as my lock because I guess I respect the Kansas City Chiefs enough to not lock in a pick over them. But I did take the Baltimore Ravens on Monday night. I, I gave three and a half points. And I just felt strongly in my heart of hearts that the Ravens basing their offensive attack off of the run the way they do. Everything that Lamar Jackson is able to do aerially is based off of the strong, strong running attack that features Lamar himself and also Mark Ingram uh, and whatever rotation of backs behind Ingram that they decide to use. But uh, basically, Lamar is really the change of pace back in that offense, which you know, Jason and I have a lot of concerns still, Jason more than me, that Lamar Jackson will not hold up doing that over a long period of time, but uh, so far so good in his very young, very successful career, but I just felt strongly that the Ravens basing everything around the run, going against the Chiefs, who are struggling once again to tackle, who are struggling to stop the run, who are struggling to stop anything uh, on the interior, um, that's a long-term, long-time problem that the Chiefs have had on defense. Um, Andy Reid's Chiefs have never tackled well. It's just a, a matter of fact. And I thought that this was going to be a route. I really thought the Ravens would start running the ball and never stop. Really, you know, pausing every now and then to play action, throw a deep ball, and take advantage of sucking up the the D, trying to stop the run. Uh, but it just it it didn't happen. After the first drive of the of the of the game. Uh, the game script flipped where the chiefs were able to take control on the scoreboard and the ravens now playing catch-up and we've seen throughout the years lamar jackson ha- however you think of him as a quarterback uh, he definitely shows his deficiencies when he has to play from behind when he's forced to to throw a lot more than he's he wants to or he's supposed to uh, it can get ugly and it got very very ugly on monday night so that pick went against both of us, uh, me and Jason, and Jay is joining us on our show. What's going yeah, on? I have
0: arrived. I have arrived. You know, dramatic. Got to be dramatic, right? You got to make the dramatic entrance.
1: Well, that's true. Sometimes you do. Uh, you can do that when you're undefeated. I think if you have a 16 and 0 week, then you can decide. Oh. You know what? I don't have to show <laughs> you up know, at the, at the you, top. You of the know show, what? I
0: think I think if I had a 16 and 0 week, I don't know if I'd ever show up again. <laughs>
1: Just stop right there. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'd be like, you know, well, first of all, I'd be excited that I was had a perfect record, and then I'd be sad that I didn't actually bet those picks.
1: No, 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 kidding. The sixteen team parlay. Oh, <laughs> man, you can retire when my, on that.
0: Win my one point two billion or whatever that would pay <laughs> out because of the odds <laughs> of, of making that. So, no, I, I'm guessing that you were talking about the uh, effort, I would say, quote unquote, of uh, Lamar Jackson. And, uh, yeah,
1: I, I see your air quotes. I, I, we're not yes. doing a video. Oh, you, actually saw him, can... you know what?
0: I did them. I actually mm, did I, the I believe
1: air quotes. Yeah.
0: You saw those air quotes. Uh, yeah, I, the, the hype up to that game was all about this rivalry between Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Uh, you can't have a rivalry when, when it's lopsided.
1: That's no, just ownership. We've... Yeah, we've seen that a lot. We we're a team wants to establish itself as the main rival to a, a great team or a champion, and yeah. you know the more yapping they do, and the more they they try to jump up and challenge, uh, sometimes they can overtake that older team, but sometimes it never happens. Uh, you know, and and it's not happening so far. There's a long way to go in this in this yeah. rivalry, quote unquote. But right now, uh, that that was another sunning. That was that was the chief saying, "Son, <laughs> you are not yeah. on our level right now."
0: That reminded me, I'd say that was a regression of Lamar Jackson back to that San Diego playoff game. Um, I mean, that was probably his ugliest game, you know, since then. And then he came in last year and he just set the world on fire. And then he had that bad game in the game against Tennessee, but not this bad. Uh, You you can't throw for 97 yards. In in today's NFL, with these rules, with with the, the luxuries that they give all these offenses, you can't throw for 97 yards. And and, and sadly, a, a lot of those yards came in Dak time.
1: Right, and that's not a lot of yards to get in Dak time. Dak time no, is wanna... when you just explode.
0: I know when I looked at the stats going into the fourth quarter, I want to say he was at 39 yards, if that mm. sounds about right. But it, it was awful. Yeah, it was. And Mahomes was just Mahomes. I mean, what else can you do? I mean that offense is a juggernaut and they, they scored. They're so multiple. They come at you in so many different ways. I mean, they're they're, the Ravens were running around just their heads were spinning. They had no clue what they were doing.
1: I'm not going to go play by play and and list everything that the chiefs were doing, but look, you speculated and wondered if the chiefs let the, uh, the chargers hang around in week two with the game that they almost lost to the rookie in overtime. Um, Were they looking ahead?
0: The answer is yes, and I should have listened to myself.
1: (laughs) Were they looking ahead to the Ravens (laughs) game? And there's no way for us to really know if they were, but yeah, I got to guess they were because of all the the plays that they ran and all the formations and all the different motions. They didn't do any of that shit against the Chargers. Believe me, I watched that game. They didn't pull any of that out against the Clippers. They didn't think they needed to.
0: That Clippers game, it was it was it was vanilla, and it was just everything. And they and they, and they pulled it out, and, right? That's what the good teams do, and the bad teams find ways. To, especially with a guy making his surprise first start, they find ways to lose those games. And they came out against the Ravens were so exotic. And, oh my and gosh! That you know that little shovel pass to the fullback. I mean, the Ravens. Yeah, if you Watch the replay. <clears throat> Ravens are just running like every different direction except where the shovel pass had
1: gone
0: <laughs> for for Anthony Sherman to just kind of just, uh, to just squeak into the end zone. But you watch all these Ravens, they're just running around back and forth, have no clue where they're going. And that was the Ravens most of the night.
1: Any defense would have been running around, not knowing where they were going against that stuff. That was the, yeah. the full Andy Reid weird geometry that I've been a, a huge fan of his whole career. Uh, that game script early on, it was you could tell that they had some stuff drawn up. Uh, they, that that stuff that had, they had to have come up with that in the off season, thinking, of, looking looking ahead to week three, and saying, here's what we're gonna do to the Ravens to show them they are not in our league right now, and it it, it showed. It was an unbelievable, dizzying display uh, of offense. Uh, the Ravens, all they could muster in return and in, 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 as an answer was a, a kick return. <laughs> for a touchdown. Yeah. That's about all they had going. Um, and even, and the announcers pointed out, even that might not have been to the Ravens benefit because after what the chiefs had done to that Ravens defense and all the dizzying displays uh, that they were putting on them, the kickoff return. Now here goes the Ravens defense got to get right back on the field against Pat Mahomes and the chiefs. And and they're probably like, yeah, oh, the,
0: God. yeah, I was, we used to, we haven't heard that. Angle in a long time, but I remember when we used, you know, growing up watching football in the '80s and in the '90s, where they would talk about the 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 kick return, you know, touchdown sort of taking the defense and making them have to go right back to work. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Baltimore. Let's say they don't get the kick return for the touchdown. The best thing that could have happened for the Ravens there would have been like a 12-play drive, eat some clock. You know, even if it just gets you some points, keeps it within a touchdown. Uh, you know, if you can get to thirteen six, but yeah, no, no, immediately, boom, touchdown, and then yeah, two more, two more touchdowns from the Chiefs to end the half, and pretty much that was that was ball game, right? Yeah,
1: and just even if the Ravens get a long drive and keep their defense off the field and rest up, you're still going to go back out there against that weird Andy Reid offense and guys running uh jet sweeps and in the rounds and uh two guys going in completely different directions in the middle of the field. Uh they the Chiefs almost got too cute though. They almost uh uh screwed it up in the uh I think it was the third quarter, uh where they they're 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 winning the game, uh, but they start kinda like playing some Harlem globetrotters and, and really getting, really getting too cute and immediately uh, get, get a turnover and it's like, okay, well now here we go. They, they let the Ravens get back in the game. They, they tried to sort of embarrass them. They had them beat and, and now they're trying to do too much, uh, but it didn't matter because the Ravens just could not uh, execute their offense the way they wanted to the entire night, even uh, getting that break and getting, trying to get back in the game. They did get within a possession in the fourth quarter, but uh, it, it was not to be, uh, it, it was uh All praise goes to the Kansas City Chiefs for what they did to the Ravens because that was just a matter of this one team, the champions, knowing what they are, knowing that the Ravens want to be their rival, uh, and to your point, uh, trying to make them realize uh, it's not a rivalry right now because you guys are down there and we are way up here.
0: Yeah, this isn't Cowboys 49ers, you know, from the 90s. This is what they want it to be because of the big contracts. Because all the you know all the money that's going to be flown around out there, and these two guys you would assume would be the guys for a while, um, you know. But Lamar, Lamar Jackson needs to he needs to evolve, and you can't have clunkers like this on on the big stage. Otherwise, uh, Marlon Humphrey is going to be right.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he keeps having them. he keeps having these games. Uh, like you said, reminds you of the of the San Diego game. So yeah, it, it, it was, and that uh...
0: performance specifically—that's what I flashed back to, and I'm sure a lot of Ravens fans flashed back to that game against the Chargers in the playoffs in Baltimore. That was just—I mean, Lamar Jackson was it did literally nothing. Almost brought them all the way back in the fourth quarter, but for three quarters, that was some of the worst quarterbacking uh, in the playoff game that I had seen.
1: Yeah, I was looking for that turning point. It was right when the third quarter started. The Chiefs had the first possession. And they, after having a a wheel route for uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire and uh, linebacker Patrick Queen was getting embarrassed, he got beat on that play. Then he tried to run down Tyreek Hill the next play and horse collar tackled him. Uh, So now the Chiefs are set up. They decided to run a double reverse flea flicker. Um, And at that point, it seemed like a, a total total stunning, because it seemed like the Chiefs are just like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to dribble between our legs. We're going to go off the backboard, off the window. Off the... And the very next play, uh, Chris Thompson uh, got popped running the ball and coughed it up and, and turned it over to the Ravens. It's like, okay, that, that's that's what's going to happen. That's the only way the Ravens are going to get back in it, is the Chiefs try to get too cute um, and try to do too much. Uh, but yeah, it, it just didn't work. They kept Lamar kept going for for home run throws for Hollywood Brown. It, it, it he wasn't accurate. He was too long. He was too short. He was uh, all over the place. Um, and, and it just wasn't uh just wasn't meant to be on uh, this evening uh, for the Ravens. I really thought that they were gonna run 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 the ball and pound it right down the Chiefs throat and win the game that way. But uh, once the Chiefs started racking up the touchdowns and the Ravens of course, started the game with a nice drive that got stalled and, and ended with a field goal, which I was actually surprised that John Harbaugh didn't go for it yeah. uh, with on fourth and, and not very long down there uh, in, in in the red zone. Um, once the Chiefs answered that with a touchdown and then tag on another one, now the, your game script is out the window and you got to start throwing and, and you're, you're behind the eight ball. And uh, The point I was just making when you came on was Lamar Jackson, we've seen uh, when he has to throw, when it's you know when he's down and when it's mandatory, that's some ugly football. When when Lamar Jackson is forced to to play quarterback and, and put the ball up in the air more than run the, the, it, it it can be really bad. And until he solves that, uh, the Ravens are are going to have a, a lot of problems.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it was in the pregame or if it was during the game broadcast where they put up the stat about Lamar Jackson, where he's got if he if his team has a ten point lead, he's got a perfect record. But nah. He's got a – Ten point deficit. He's never won. And Um, so clearly, the Ravens uh, are front runners. I guess it's it's like there's your statistic, there's your proof. That's a team that's built to get a lead and keep it. Not a team that's built to come from behind.
1: No, there's there's no other way to call it. That's as stark as it gets right there. Until you break that that habit and that streak, then yeah, you're you're nothing but front runners, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. So there, that's the Ravens. We have the Chiefs. Who they don't care. They get down ten. They're gonna win no matter what.
1: <laughs> you got the, You get they got you right where they want them if they're down. <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> you referencing texts that I've sent you over the years? Uh,
1: Anything about the playoff, that playoff run was, last year? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, on that playoff run, and then that time I sent you that text when you had that big lead in one of the one of our big <laughs> oh. games in the playoffs. So I was like, oh, I got you right where right, right where right you.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be the Andrew Luck game.
0: Uh, yes, that would be the Andrew Luck game. So, uh, go backwards, I guess, Sunday night. Uh, I don't want to be overly critical in my assessment, but I saw Drew Brees look like he was afraid to throw the ball deep.
1: Yeah, that's, I'm. you saw the exact same thing I did. It's just that I'm not, I'm trying not to come to that conclusion because I don't know. I, I'm I guess I know I'm that's trying your to be...
0: Super Bowl pick <laughs> you yeah, don't that, that's have my the heart team. to say it That's your team for the
1: that's my that team. you picked but I
0: saw I saw somebody who who looked like my, team. my
1: quarterback. He he
0: the plays were there and he just couldn't pull the trigger and, and he looked yep. afraid to throw it deep and I, I mean, yeah, he ended up having a lot of passing yards, but that was a lot of lateral throws to Elvin Kamara, who broke a ton of tackles because the Packers can't tackle,
1: <laughs> and because Kamara is a fucking hell of an athlete.
0: Yeah, I mean, not everybody's Elvin Kamara. You know, there's th- that's no. not that that's a bad option to have, but of it was it just it couldn't it did, it wasn't sustainable. You know, he could only break so many tackles. A few of those he got he got popped, and they they went nowhere when he was clearly like the first look was deep and it's like you expect Drew Brees to to pop that and I I don't know if they took one deep shot against the Packers in that game like serious deep shot
1: I don't know either because I saw the exact same thing. It was all over my notes again, again, and again, and again, Breeze loaded up on play action like he was about to let her rip and just couldn't do it before he would get sacked or get pressured or try to scramble or try to throw check down short of a, so what I don't know is does he know that he can't let it go? And is he doing that on purpose to try to make people think, Oh, watch out. Watch out. I got, I got one more in me. don't don't think I don't because I'm going to is that a strategy or does he was he really loading up and just kept running out of time or kept checking down I don't actually know for sure we can all guess and speculate but I don't really know but it was fascinating to watch I don't think I've ever seen that I don't think I've ever seen a game where a quarterback consistently kept loading up as if he was about to unleash a deep ball and just never did it so we don't know we we really don't know it did it It
0: didn't look good
1: (laughs) If you if you can do that and and keep throwing a defense off and win the game that way, then it looks great. But because they lost, because they could have really used him letting it go and and trying to get a deep ball and and get more points, uh, then it does look really bad. It's like, dude, it, I don't, you know, we don't have the all twenty two, so we don't know how open these guys were. Maybe they weren't as open as we thought. Uh, I I just I just don't know, but. It does not look good from from a viewer standpoint to see the guy keep loading up and like come on let it go like that ah! oh,
0: yeah I can't I, I can't attribute that all to the absence of Michael Tom I can't not all of it I'm gonna give no. I can give some of it um but when your running back you know gets 13 receptions
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: come, come on. And, and that Sunday night crew is just annoying the hell out of me. Like they, you know, trying to make a superstar out of Emmanuel Sanders. If they oh, he's, just, he's the answer. if they would just throw the ball to Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders, it would be different. And it's like, oh God. So you heard that too, because they were yeah. they were all. Well, he over. throws
1: I, he th- throws the one Sanders. touchdown pass to Sanders. That's and what's gonna get him like- going. Yeah, they, they act like that's the master key that's going to unlock the New Orleans Saints forever and ever, and it's like, well, I hope so, but I don't I, I don't know if it's quite that. I, Emmanuel Sanders is a really good professional wide receiver. Yes. I don't think he's quite that important that if you just focus on him, you're going to unlock the entire offense, because if he was that important, he wouldn't be bouncing from team to team like this.
0: No, and it's funny, because Drew Brees, uh, by the stat sheet, actually ended up throwing for a few more yards than Aaron Rodgers, but distance that Rogers was getting him. Mean, it was just bombs away. <laughs> yeah. On those, yeah. on those balls. Rogers Rogers had no, uh, no qualms about throwing the ball deep.
1: No, he didn't. Breeze had some juice on his, some of his throws, but not a whole lot. Believe me, I wasn't trying to fool myself. He he had a, had some zip on some balls, but most of them were sort of like, eh. you know, just kind of getting it out there to, <laughs> as, <laughs> as, as well as he could. And letting, like you said, letting Kamara do the rest on a lot of them. Just some amazing plays by Kamara that that catch and run, yeah. the fifty-two yard home run, just swerving and juking, well, just playmaking. Yeah, terrible at his tackle. Best. I
0: mean, just terrible tackle. That
1: too.
0: I mean, we saw a lot of bad tackling. Uh, that that play in Atlanta comes to mind on that. Yeah. On that doll. On oh, the two dudes just completely whiff and run into each other on a, just a like a simple out and let the mm-hmm. let the Bears get that touchdown. But we'll we'll get to that game because I'm sure you mm-hmm. have some things to say about your boy about your boy Trubisky.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Um but yeah we both I believe we both won that pick.
1: Yeah the uh the Bears uh and no Packers, I definitely I mean. Oh that oh okay. Uh yes yeah, so we both had uh had Green Bay. Well remember I thought uh, there was gonna be pushy. I thought New Orleans was gonna yeah, that I mean, out you, by you, a field you know, goal. I
0: where I had the, I had that straight. I mean, I had that as a, I had that as a Packers win.
1: And that was close the entire way it was tied as late as the, uh, the third quarter, their fourth quarter. Yep. Um, but yeah, that the play that a lot of people were focusing on, uh, the next day on social media was trying to put some blame on Taysom Hill, who uh, got yep, out the for fumble. a direct snap and get stripped by Zadarius Smith. Uh, and that tricky offense is that the Saints are trying to run, that's fine until someone fucks up, and now you can, you have someone to, to blame. But honestly, uh, I just keep thinking back to Breeze, and Breeze would overcome that if it was the real Drew Breeze. He, he wouldn't let that uh, get in the way. That just led to a field goal. Uh, you know that All it did was put the Packers up three with uh, you know another 847 to go in the game. That's plenty yeah. of time for, for Breeze to overcome that. He just couldn't.
0: No, it was a good game i mean it was a good game i mean the, the, that 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 green bay offense is it's legit i mean, we're three games in now i, I they look pretty good
1: they, they look really good the uh, patented aaron Rodgers hard count i need to give special spotlight and praise to that because the one they pulled off to put the game away uh he did that with less than one second left on the play clock. That's why the Saints were so eager to jump because he tried the hard count on that on that particular play uh, with like five seconds to go on the clock and they kind of jumped, but got back in time. Right? So now the play clock is running down four, three, two, and it was like under one. He did another hard count. They jump, and then the guy snapped the ball. The timing on that, yeah. To, to, to The ball, to so call another hard count with less than a second on the play clock and, and get that free play, I, that's unbelievable. I don't know if I've ever seen a, a quarterback even try to pull that off with less than one second left. Because it's just just a, a fingernails width of, of timing to do that. you got to have some great practice time with your O-line for them to stay still for you to pull that off you got to have some great timing with your center to know not to snap it before the guy jumps. And then as soon as the guy jumps, now it's time to snap it. Everything has got to be on time. And and, and that really points out not just how great Aaron Rodgers is and how much they must practice and how great their timing must be, but uh, it points out what's going on right now in the NFL with all these empty stadiums. And I'm sure you've had to have noticed it too.
0: Uh, You took my point that I was going to make, so damn it.
1: Sorry. the home field advantage has basically vanished. Uh, all right. these quarterbacks can go in on the road and do anything they want because they don't have to overcome any crowd noise anymore. So there's no uh, silent count. Of course, the announcers were pointing that out all night on uh, NBC talking about the Superdome and how loud it would be normally and yeah. how much Rodgers couldn't pull that stuff off if it was a normal crowd. Although- uh, but but <laughs> it's all right. over the.
0: Give no, no, funny. keep going, keep going. I just, I, maybe give me a funny thought, and I'll follow up that when you're done.
1: Oh, no, I was just saying, it's all over the league. All these games that you watch, if you notice, all the road quarterbacks are going in and running exactly the same stuff that they would run if they were at home with all the, the, the fake counts, the snap counts, uh, the audibles. Uh, everything is, is out loud. There's no straining of the voice. There's no uh, – Oh my God! What's going on? Who's supposed to be there? Who's there? Who's there? The, there's no confusion. All and of course, as a result, on the scoreboard and, and in the in the betting pools, all these overs are exploding right now. I guess you got to yeah. take the over in every football game because every team can can keep scoring no matter what.
0: Well, the funniest thing I saw last night in a, in a horrible game in a game that we both came out on the short side of was yeah. Uh, I, I already forget the name of this guy. This oh Rippin.
1: Yeah, uh, Mark Rippen's nephew.
0: Uh, at one point early in the game, he's walking He's walking away from the huddle, and he's got his hands over the ear holes in his helmet like he can't hear anything. And I'm thinking, dude, <laughs> stadium's empty. <laughs> what are you What are you doing? I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but I saw that. It was the first time I was like, that, you know, I realized that's the first time I've seen that all year. Where you actually had to see a quarterback, you know, put the hands over the ear holes so he could hear the speaker. And I don't know if there was like a technical malfunction or something like that, that going was, on. That was going
1: to be my guess was that maybe he's that was his way of saying something happened with yeah. the, the 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 feedback in my head in my helmet. I can't hear anything. Maybe that's what he was doing. Uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, that was the second point that I was going to make about with Rogers. The first point was you know he's nobody's in better at doing that hard count than he is because that was the yeah. best offensive play for. Half a decade <laughs> I mean that was it that was their offense those last couple of years under Mike McCarthy, that was the Packers offense. Wait for Aaron Rodgers to get the other team to jump off sides so he can throw a bomb
1: and he and he keeps doing it. everybody knows it's coming and he keeps doing it. you did you just cannot stay on side and you just you can't help yeah,
0: but you're yeah without any without any fans in the stands, that would never happen in the in the superdome normally.
1: No, because you can't hear shit.
0: They'd be running <laughs> silent counts.
1: Exactly. So yeah, that might have been the 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 game. That might have been the the turning point. The, the Packers uh, certainly could have pulled it out with crowd noise, but they might not have. It it might have gone the Saints' way if not for that. So yeah, something definitely to to think about and, and keep in mind. With the, it's it's just struck me all these games that we've seen less than stellar quarterbacks keep leading comebacks uh to that in games that you think the team is is finished and uh, I think of uh Gardner Minshew just kept coming back against the Titans a couple of weeks ago and, and covered yep. the spread um the 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 kid uh for the for the Clippers uh kept staying in it with the with the Chiefs they actually had the lead um and there, there's, there's a lot of other games uh the Thursday night game before this what which one was that um
0: that was the uh, Bengals and the Browns.
1: Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, That was a throwing
0: 61 times,
1: right? There's no reason for that kid to keep leading a comeback against the Browns and keep staying in that game and cover that spread, except there's no crowd noise to throw him off. So it, he just pretended like he was at LSU and, and just kept throwing and kept letting it go. There's no reason for him to stay upright to get 61 throws off uh, on, in a road uh, environment like that. I understand oh. the Browns are trash, but still it, it, it's, I think the biggest factor and, and the, the factor that we maybe should have seen and, and put more credence on is the, the lack of crowd noise. I thought the, uh, the 75 decibel uh, limit that st- uh, stadiums are supposed to have as far as piping in noise. I knew that was a low number. I knew that was it is low a low number. number, but I didn't know just how little it was going to affect. Cause it doesn't sound like there's anybody. and uh, it, it doesn't sound like there's any noise in those stadiums. I don't know if there's, piping it in at 75, and that's just what it sounds like? I guess so. But, man, it, it, it just sounds like it's a, you know, they're, they're hanging out at a ballpark <laughs> at a baseball game. It doesn't sound like there's any noise at all when the offense is on the field. So everyone's just running everything uh, any, any way that they want. Uh, road golf is, is no longer a thing, apparently, because there's no crowd noise. So he's able to run his offense and, and do whatever. In he the wants.
0: second half, anyways.
1: Well. That um, was
0: wild. You talked about that having the, like that sneaky best game of the week potential. And that was, uh, that definitely had all the drama, uh, you know, Buffalo getting up 28 to three and it's
1: like, Oh, yeah. to three, but, but <laughs> I, I know but, that made you sweat,
0: but they won, you know, and then they covered and, uh, was it questionable? Eh, yeah. a little. I mean, was it that off that pass interference call it was a little ticky tack, um, you know, but I, I've heard, uh, I've heard, you know, and correctly stated that if that had gone, you know, that had got, if that had gotten flagged and under last year's rules, if that had gone to replay, it would have been upheld, it, and that's true because there was contact. It,
1: exactly, it would have stayed the same anyway because Alberto Riveron didn't reverse anything.
0: Right, oh, that's true, <laughs> especially in that spot. You're not, you're not pulling that out of the. You're not taking that out of the refs' hands, you know. It's like, well, the ball was over his head, so either way, what is it—a defensive hold or illegal contact? There was definitely contact there that should not have been there. Um, so I, so I don't necessarily, but that's not like the you know Saints and Rams, you know, where the clearly no. gets destroyed. Not Tommy
1: Lee Lewis, no. Right? Wasn't <laughs> was that? that wasn't
0: Nickel? No. Nick, Nick, Nick Colby? No, Roby <laughs> Coleman. Um, there you go. Thank you. Uh, no, it wasn't that bad, but, you know, hey, Josh Allen still still making the big boy throws, too.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, and fourth if, and eighth. And if
0: you're at, yeah, or third and 22 and you let him convert, come on. <laughs> come
1: on. Yeah, but that's that's the NFL now. <laughs> Everybody converts that, it seems, nowadays. Uh, uh, fourth and eighth pass interference on uh, Darius Williams uh, of yeah. the Rams guarding Gabriel Davis. Uh it, it wasn't a good call, I don't think, but neither was allowing Cole Beasley to convert a third and twenty two. So 22. I, you know uh, yeah. We talk is,
0: about those <laughs> professional Bills receivers, um you know, and you know, and sort of the guy who gets forgotten about that is the the Cole Beasley. I guess he's filling the Tom Waddle role in that <laughs> offense now, if anybody wants a an obscure reference that only probably you and I get. And he and professionally, Bears
1: he professionally filled that hole and got in the middle of that defense and, and caught right. that third and 22, but like a you professional. Just, yeah. You need,
0: that, you need that slow white guy on third down. <laughs> that's what you need to have. Every team should have that. Look at Julian Edelman he made a career. So, of the, just filling that void on third down. And that's all Cole Beasley did was he basically ran to the sticks and sat down in the zone and, you know, give it to Josh Allen, probably doesn't make that throw last year. That ball last year probably sails five feet over his head.
1: T- ten yards over his head <laughs> for, for an interception. So is this just how football – I'm not going to do real or fake with, with everybody, or, but for this game, I just it just kind of dawned on me, and I wanted to ask the question, is this just how football is played now that everybody gets a chance and everybody is able to make uh, – the throws because there's no crowd noise and everybody can just execute whatever they want. Or is this golf project being legit? Or, or did they really take the next step uh, or is this just how everybody's doing it?
0: Can, can it be yes to both? It, it might be. I mean, yeah. I mean, golf and, and Josh Allen, they're good. I mean, there's, I, I mean, we've got a, a decent, decent enough sample size this season to see Josh Allen with with new weapons, and we're seeing Jerry Goff look more like he did two years ago. And and, and yeah, for but, the back half of last season, don't I mean the Rams started off so bad, and they almost dug yeah. that thing all the way out. I mean, they finished nine and seven, and they were right on the outside of the. They would have been in the playoffs with this year's playoff format, with that third team getting in. Which, by the way, we did not forecast for at all in our season preview. Like we totally forgot about the extra <laughs> playoff
1: teams. Um, i'm so glad that our show isn't critically acclaimed and paid attention to because we would definitely have gotten calls for because we're
0: both sitting there picking out who the third team would be
1: and who's out
0: and not realizing that they're in
1: this this year they're in
0: this year they're in so hey good for us so we've we've highlighted who those teams are if anybody wants to go back and, and pluck that out of the pluck that out of the show
1: um, I, rem- no, I, know, I I definitely remember mine was the Colts. I don't remember which ones your, which one yours was. I know we At had the, in the same in the AFC. three
0: teams. I, I'm pretty sure we had the same three teams getting in. So it, well, we had the same three teams that were going for the two spots. So I think you and I had the exact same three wild cards.
1: Hang on, now I'm I remembering
0: gotta, right. I'm going go to to the old
1: pen and paper and check this yeah. out now. Um, yeah, hey, I know in the AFC, my third. Wildcard team was good. Was I had trying to...
0: I had the Patriots and the Colts and somebody so I might have had the the Colts getting in or being the first one out. Hang on here, let me look at my notes. I so actually yes do have notes. I know, isn't that that's surprising, isn't it?
1: No, I know I know you have noses. I, just, I, I think yours are on your phone. I don't think you're ah, still doing the... I had to... the
0: Pats and the Colts getting in, and I'm pretty sure I had the Steelers just missing out. Okay. And I'm thinking that you had uh, somebody else. I think you might have had the... My
1: the wild Pats cards in? were the... Yeah, my wild cards was uh, Pittsburgh and New England, and I was deciding between New England and Indy. Right. So and and I, I know Indy was my third team.
0: So my I had the Steelers as my third team. So guess what? I'll get in.
1: There you go. And but, then in the, in the NFC, I want to take credit and say that I would have the uh, the Seahawks as my third team because I had them just barely missing the playoffs. I really want to claim that, but I don't know for sure because I know I'd like Tampa Bay and, and Tommy – um, so I don't know if that was my third team or if it was Seattle. I think it was Seattle. Uh,
0: my it's my third is team is transnational. <laughs> so I guess more, I, much better hands um, than we both had, in
1: the a We both had Minnesota.
0: Oh. oh, oh like, we, couldn't even let me get the damn cover who basically yeah. cued on me in the pick. I had a couple yeah, I mean, you you were due. You were due to get a couple of those cheap ones. You know, you got that uh, you got the Seahawks get the redo on the two-point conversion. Oh. What it looks like, it's going to just be a push and it's like, okay, let just take the push, lose the one game this year to the you know, one, you know no, no, let's give it to them again so they can get the extra two points so you can get the win on that. I was like, you kidding me? <laughs> so, yeah, was, at least we both want our locks, like five and one on our locks so far this year.
1: I know that's uh that I don't know how long that can keep up
0: as long as um, i'm at the end one i'm good <laughs>
1: uh the that's the seattle dallas game was uh just doubling back to that was another it, hell of a game
0: It's what i predicted it was painful
1: it, it was it was back and forth it, it's the n f l ladies and gentlemen uh, this is I, the n f l
0: yeah i mean what do you you know it, you, this year it, more than any other, it highlights how hard it is to make these games with point spreads.
1: It's, it's not easy.
0: These these collapses, you know, or or these these backdoor. It, it seems like it's more this year. Like some of these some of these outcomes are just so random. They are and. Uh...
1: That week two, there's almost nothing that's going to beat that. I I can't imagine just so many uh, favorites winning and underdogs finding a way to backdoor cover those spreads. And like I said, that kind of really pointed out to me, okay, everyone can stay in any game because there's no home field advantage. No matter how big you go up, any road team can just, all right, let's, let's not panic. Let's piece together our, our offense. We know we can call out whatever play we see because there's no crowd to distract us. And let's just, keep our focus and and do what we got to do. And then no matter how, I mean the worst, just about the worst teams in the league, I guess everyone except the New York teams, everyone except the giants and the jets uh, has staged some sort of comeback and and covered the number and uh, found a way to look like they, they have a a functioning offense this year. It's just crazy how everyone can hang around like that. Um, And the Cowboys hung around with the Seahawks, uh, he had a little deck time and rally time uh, in the second half, which is what he does, um, but comes up uh, short in the end. But uh, it was very entertaining, very fun back and forth. Uh, can't say enough about Russell Wilson. I, 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 I'm trying not to slobber all over him, but, man, he just keeps making the throws. He keeps making the plays. Um, and at the in the end, there he is once again with the win, like you said, getting the, the two-point conversion and uh, allowing the Seahawks to cover that five. Yeah,
0: and might not have even been that had Game Metcalf gone fully on let.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah completely. And,
0: and, and, that, and then quoted right up to the end zone and let that ball get punched out. That's when I don't mind that rule.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure, now you don't <laughs> mind that rule. I don't
0: rule. mind the rule. Would you punch it? So here's what I'm going to amend the rule now. If, if uh-huh. the ball goes out of the back of the end zone. Oh. Let the other team get the ball, but if it goes up the side of the end zone, <laughs> that you keep the ball. How's that? <laughs> um,
1: that that's splitting the baby. Um, that, that's one yeah. way to do it.
0: That's the only one way to fumble the ball out of the back of the end zone like that.
1: Yeah, but the,
0: that's the play right there.
1: But now, well, you can, you know, you can drop it, and they can just take a weird bounce and decide to go out the side. It's, it's,
0: <laughs> well, there you go.
1: Isn't, football isn't <laughs> round. It doesn't.
0: I, I don't mean to contradict myself for the pylon die balls, which I think are really cheap. But yeah. that one was
1: <laughs> come on,
0: he, he they deserved that type of event when you're showboating. <sighs>
1: well, but yeah, yeah, and, yeah it,
0: Wilson, those those big bobs.
1: And consistently, just and putting him in exactly the right place. It's some beautiful football he's playing right now. Um, Can we get past the
0: Seahawks for this season this year. I hope we do. I, I don't know. That would be fun.
1: And that that would be the way they're playing right now. Whew! It's full NFL schedule by team. The Packers look like they are playing uh, – no, I don't I don't see the Seahawks.
0: No, they're playing the NFC. They're playing the NFC South this year. Mm-hmm. So the only way that they would get the Seahawks is if it was a, a seeding matchup um, just based off the random schedules. I don't think they, they've had them a lot in, in these last years. So I, I, It feels like one of those years if they might meet am get me wrong but it be in January.
1: Uh, week nine, they get an NFC West team, but that's because they were a first-place team last year. The Niners? So, yep, they'll be at San Francisco uh, week nine on Thursday. Should be and a
0: good will be, one. Uh, well, but, but like, will be there for the Niners to run for 300 or whatever.
1: <laughs> and whoever's there, uh, the Niners can get anybody, it seems. They, they can go five and six deep. For yeah, they can they can go however deep you want on the depth chart and, and find a way. Uh so yeah, that was uh that that was the uh the, the second of the uh the New York trips that the, the, the that the Niners took with all those injuries and they, they swept them. They they, they took the Gi- they, the yeah. Jets and the Giants out.
0: Even worse the second time, with less players.
1: Yeah, and you had the, the Giants with that. So now they this week yeah. it's your turn to wonder how the hell the 49ers can overcome all those injuries and still dominate a game. But,
0: one key dance. I didn't lock that up.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, you can still claim ownership of the paper. paper. And then the Jets went indie and did what the Jets do.
1: Oh my gosh, did they? Did they ever? Oof.
0: And then they played Damn. on Thursday night last night, and did what the jets do
1: yeah so we watched them do what the jets do against Indy, and we picked them anyway we, we both
0: well, because you know, we fell into the trap of the undrafted rookie free agent getting the prime time start we, we didn't crap all over him right which would have been you know and it, it, still he threw three picks
1: right he wasn't very good
0: jets turned him over three times and still lost the game by what nine mm-hmm. uh just eight uh terrible terrible I can say about it. We pick them all. Somebody had to, we had to pick the game just because we pick all the games.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter confident. how, how terrible Brett Ripon was uh, last night or uh, yeah, it was last night. It felt like a week ago. That's how bad it was, but it doesn't matter how bad he was when you got Sam Darnold on the other side of the field doing his, his best Bruce Willis. Bruce. That was so aggravating. Just let the ball go, son. Just throw it. At one point, he tripped over himself and sacked himself. He was so afraid. Like
0: I love that touchdown run where he rumbled and bumbled and stumbled for for like fifty yards, and he kept tricking the Broncos players into thinking that he was gonna slide. <laughs> he did it like three times it looked like he was about to slide and then he was like watch out and the next time they got their hands on him they slammed him into the turf (laughs) which was uh, that's the Aaron Rodgers play I can see it in my mind from him getting slammed into the turf up there in Minnesota when they broke his collarbone Uh, I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be a penalty you're not supposed to do that to the quarterback but when it's Sam Darnold who cares
1: yeah, it's fine. It's Sam Darnold. He he did it to himself. He had plenty of time to let that ball go and just chose not to. <sighs> so That's his fault. Yeah.
0: So what do we get for picking the Jets? I mean,
1: yeah, we, we, we I, I said we it
0: after it. week one, and you kind of poo pooed it because you said I was being premature. Worst team in football.
1: <sighs> can't can't argue. Can't argue that now. No argument from me. You,
0: you could <laughs> see it coming. So I mean, I, I, went, I went all I went Nostra Thomas there.
1: <laughs> uh, a lot of people are saying it's so you're, you're not alone okay. uh, so uh, Mike McCarthy uh, on that uh, in that Dallas Seattle game had a comment about this play that I don't know if you saw but uh, one of his defensive tackles did a, what they called a gator roll on Chris Carson's knee which is why Carson is yeah. possibly not going to play this week uh, guy's name is Tristan Hillis and Mike McCarthy commented, uh, "There was no intent there." And I'm like, "Really? That—that's how you're going to play this?" Cool um, I yeah. What all of us were seeing. I mean, yeah, my, my guy God. did
0: it on purpose. We're going to find him. No.
1: No. Oh. I, 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 I think that's a, a a punk move to sit there and try to pretend like it was an accidental twisting of the knee of the other team, like that. No, that's not an accident. Come on. No, it was. Dirty. I mean. Yeah. So no, I don't, I guess I don't expect him to sit there and, and say, my guy is a trash player and a dirty player and we're going to do something about it, but say something other than, no, there there's no intent. What are you talking about? What are you saying? I don't, I didn't see that uh, you can, there's so many other ways you can go that no comment. Uh, this is an internal team matter. And we'll discuss, we'll, we'll handle it in house is the favorite uh, line that those coaches usually like to use. We'll handle that in house. Don't worry about, uh, <laughs> don't, don't 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 worry about White Sox business, Kenny Williams. Uh, I, I just didn't like the uh, the way that he handled it. I don't. You come right out and and try to pretend like we we all didn't see what we saw and, and act like there was no intent. That that's that's bush leak to me. So I, I, I didn't want to go on about that. I just wanted to bring that up. Well, I'm going to give you the floor, so you can uh,
0: eulogize eulogize your boy Mitchell Trubisky.
1: It's over. They gave him. Uh, they gave him three. Well, two and a half games. Um, they, they gave him uh, two victories. And, that's, what I, uh,
0: that's what was surprising to me.
1: And that throw to, to get him yanked was, was so terrible that they that uh, Adam Gates was uh, was able to avoid and ignore the two victories in his head and say, you know what, this guy's trash. I know we won I two mean, games, and he's still trash.
0: That was. Mike Shanahan bad, like Ooh. when he benched Jake Plummer when they were like seven and two for Jay Cutler, and I don't think they won another game after that. <laughs> but it was, I'm just thinking that I can't think of the last time a coach ripped a quarterback out of a game when they were two and zero oh, um, or, or, or had a winning record. I mean, even the coach realized that we were winning despite this guy.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. I'll, I'll agree that it was uh, reminiscent of, of Mike Shanahan because of the record, but I don't know if Plummer made a throw as bad as no. that one that got Trubisky yanked, and it wasn't the first time at all. That's the problem. Trubisky uh, was stringing together games where he would give you two or three decent plays and then throw that in consistently, and it's like, God, what you can't still be doing this in, in their third year at just – Wide open uh, uh, defensive back, you're throwing it to him like he's the intended receiver. Uh, just waiting there, right underneath for for your throw, just licking his lips and salivating and and thinking about all the money he's going to spend uh, now that he's got this pick six uh, going to the house. He, I don't think he made it to, to the to the end zone, but no, it was no, such. A, a back. Yeah, it was such a wide open interception. It's just it's just easy money, and you can't keep giving gifts. To, to teams like that uh, in the NFL. And, and I'm was, I was, that was our local game. So I was watching it uh, live when wow. it happened. And I tweeted out, Oh my God, Trubisky, what are you doing? And that was before I knew that that was the, the the final straw. I didn't know he was getting yanked right after he did that, but I get it. I understand it. It's the man that I proclaimed that I loved at one point, uh, Mitch Trubisky. So you know, if anyone was willing to ride with him all the way to the end, it was me. And that was the end. And I'm okay with it because you can't keep fucking doing that. No matter how many good plays you make, he had a, a Darnold like uh long 40 something yard run in that game as well. Trubisky did, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's real easy when you got guys playing man to man and you break that uh, defensive line and you look up and there's nothing but grass and you just keep running until somebody stops you. Um, you know, I don't want to take away from the run by calling it easy, but you know it is what it is. Uh, but but my point is, he made plays even in this game against the Falcons. Trubisky did that made you go, okay, there we go, you know, let's get it going. And then he makes plays like that, that that interception that got him yanked. Um, you, you can't yeah, keep, I, you can't I, keep doing that.
0: Well, I, I hate to say it because you know I've seen it enough with with that team. But as soon as I saw Foles, I, I knew they were, I knew the Bears were going to win.
1: That's the other part of the game. Nick Foles wasn't very good either.
0: Okay? was good enough. They won the,
1: they won the game because your Falcons defense is trash.
0: It's terrible.
1: And, <laughs> that's, oh tackle. my god! Oh, the tackle—they can't tackle, They can't cover. They get—they keep—they keep running out of gases. Three games in a row now It's probably going to happen a, a fourth time this week. Uh, they keep getting gashed in the third and fourth quarter because they're—they're gas. They're—they're tired. They're yeah, worn out. They lead. Yeah, they just so give it I, all away again. Have,
0: I'm gonna have have you, have you filibuster for a couple minutes here. I need I need a quick break. I'll be right back.
1: Okay. Uh, so yeah, again, uh, the Falcons and Matty Ice uh, fire out to a big lead, and again, the defense is weak, and, and they get pushed around. It can't tackle. It can't cover. Uh, Nick Foles was not impressive in that comeback. I can't stress that enough for for. Those that just saw the highlights, you saw the, the the game-winning touchdown where Foles was getting drilled and found a way to get the ball off uh, in the end zone, even though his, his arm was getting hit and everything. And that looks like, oh, wow, that's Foles magic. That that reminds us of the Super Bowl MVP. What a great play. Uh, and he ignores that the Falcons are are a trash defense and a trash team. And you several defensive backs uh, following behind whatever receiver caught that game-winning touchdown just – just several, several steps behind, like many steps behind. Like the quarterback got his arm hit. That ball is is not coming out like a cannon. It's it's got a little bit of a, of a flutter to it, and you got time to run underneath and make a play. But you've been beaten so badly as as a as a defense that the guy, the receiver is wide open. I apologize. I don't remember uh, who the receiver was for the Bears that that caught the the winning touchdown pass. But my point is, I watched the game. I watched uh, Foles. Coming in and spelling Trubisky, and the first few series that Foles came in, he didn't look any better than Trubisky. And then the Falcons' defense started breaking down and wearing down, and that's what allowed Foles to make that comeback and throw three touchdown passes and, and win that game. So that that's the Falcons, man. That's that's what they're. That's what's going to happen. That's what they do. They get leads and they give it up because the defense is. Uh, some of it is the defense is hurt. So many of those talented defenders can't stay on the field and the guys that are there are not good and just find a way to give it up and, and keep finding a way. And yeah, Dan Quinn is is not long for that job. I'm gonna be sad to see him go because I thought he had a, a great chance, of course, to be there for a long time. He've obviously had a great chance to win the Super Bowl, being up twenty eight to three. Uh we all know how that ended. Um and really the that defense is doing the same thing now that they did in that Super Bowl. Just can't hold the lead cannot uh do anything effective to to stop the other team from coming back because uh, as we keep pointing out uh you you get that light defense that's created to get after the other team and the other quarterback and just fly around and and you can you can't hit us because we're past you already well when they catch you when you can't get past them because you're banged up or whatever reason now you're just getting shoved around and you can't get to the quarterback at all because you're getting pushed and, and shoved to the ground and bullied. And the, 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 the DBs are just not good at covering. And it's, ah, it's, I'm it's back. what's going to happen. All right. Yeah. Uh, basically what's going on about your, your Falcons and how bad they well, were. And...
0: and the coach is still there. So let's not, don't even get me started.
1: You, you, he's not there uh, because of you. You say he should be gone. You, you are absolutely driving would, the uh, firedanquinn.com bandwagon bus.
0: I would have, I would have made the move after the Dallas game, and and now it's a thing.
1: And yeah, now it's a watch.
0: So, so, so now, who's afraid of that team if they get down to them? Nobody.
1: Nobody.
0: And, and they are clearly willing participants in, in allowing these other teams to come back. I mean, I understand that the rules are set up this way and we've seen a lot of teams come back. We saw the Titans come back big. The Rams came back huge. Um, that would have been one of the biggest comebacks ever, you know? Um, so we're seeing this week after week with these teams coming back, but you know, they let everybody back in the games. They can't yeah. put anybody away. And that's Uh, a team that should be two and one. Absolutely. No and three. And the coach is still there. It just mystifies me.
1: Let's give uh, love to each other for our locks coming through. I have the Patriots over the uh, Raiders and uh, as six point favors and Cam Newton and the Patriots and Cam did not look great. That was not his best game at all, but they were able to sort of manhandle and and bludgeon around the, the Raiders and uh, Rex Burkhead, a, a big fantasy yeah. star for this three touchdowns. That touch got games. out of
0: hand late. That game really. That game really right. went your way late. So did mine.
1: Your uh, Steelers uh, yeah. knocking off the uh, the Houston Texans.
0: Because Houston was actually up for quite a bit of that game, and the Steelers had to put that away late.
1: Houston tried <laughs> like hell too, uh, but that schedule, man. <laughs> Those first three teams, oh, <sighs> that was just too much. Uh, yeah. So well, yeah, we'll see do, if it uh,
0: gets any better for them.
1: They blew a 14-3 to three lead in that Steelers game. Again, Deshaun Watson trying to do too much. There was a, a hideous INT to, to help salt that thing away. Um, so, yeah, nothing's changed in Houston. The, you know, the the, the the book on Deshaun Watson is, you know, as talented as he is. When the pressure's on, he just tries to do too much. He holds onto the ball way too long. He tries to make throws that aren't there, and, and it just it, it gets away from him so easily. And it's still – Completely mind-boggling to think that Bill O'Brien's solution to that was to take away his best receiver. It just yeah, I
0: mean, you know, I could see the three games that. already this year where Houston could have <laughs> used the under- <laughs> oh, wait. They've only played three games. <laughs> My God.
1: Oh God, that's gotta. I, I gotta make sure to notate that and make a, an award for for that move because that's one of the worst coaching or uh, uh, general managing decisions uh, I think I've ever seen. Honestly.
0: We were both willing to give Atlanta that one last chance. You were willing to give the Eagles one last chance.
1: And Carson Wentz looks like trash, so I can't really keep giving them chances, can I? How and pitiful they are
0: they? The, they pass up the 64-yard field goal attempt and just settle for the tie. I, I, I'm stunned.
1: They had a long field goal chance to win the, in overtime. It still wouldn't have uh, covered the number, of course. but. uh Right. Well, yeah. Uh, but a false start puts him five yards yeah. back, and instead of going forward, uh, Doug Peterson says, You know what? I don't have any confidence in my guy. We're going to punt. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, looks,
0: a lot. I don't think it's going to factor into the records for either one of these teams, though.
1: Wentz looks Trubisky awful. That's how bad he I'm not saying you have to bench him, but that's kind of what his play reminds me of is just. You look at some of his throws and it's like, what? Why are you throwing it over there? What? Why? Did, what did you see? What are you doing right now? So yeah, they got real problems in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, I mean if Cincinnati holds on, uh, you know when they were up to when when they had it at twenty three sixteen, if they just hold on and not let them go on the long drive to get the tying touchdown, because of course I'm worried about you know they tie the game and then then Philly gets the cheap touchdown in overtime to to give you the win. Over yeah. me, the Bengals. I had that pick the whole game. I mean, the, the Eagles are terrible. Um, but yeah, it's a tie. That game deserved to be a tie. It was that bad,
1: <laughs> pretty much. And now it's uh, Ron Rivera's turn to trash his starting quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, um, after that performance or lack thereof uh, for the Washington yeah, you know Potato I Skins.
0: My, I will give myself credit because that was that other win that I got over you was was yeah. actually given the big number with Cleveland, even though I hated doing it, uh, it came through. And that was a yep. question for a big chunk of that game, too.
1: Right, that's another one where a decent quarterback can lead a comeback and, and possibly wow. cover that number, because everyone kept, can lead a comeback.
0: The Browns kept letting the Redskins uh, uh,
1: Oh! It, tip drink, jar. Take a drink.
0: Uh, <laughs> letting them get within that seven, and it just kept driving me crazy, but then Clearly paper champions are paper champions for a reason when you're playing a team like foot, football <laughs> team.
1: A team like football team.
0: Yeah. Allow myself to introduce
1: myself
0: <laughs> I'm doing an Austin Powers thing there.
1: Much better effort by Kirk Cousins for the Vikings, especially targeting Justin Jefferson. Um that was a was game terrible.
0: that that was so terrible. I mean
1: uh
0: couldn't uh, just let that 75-yard touchdown should not have been a 75-yard touchdown. Well, but
1: yep.
0: Give the Titans credit, though, for coming all the way back and, and the hanging on.
1: And they did, so that was some incredible kicking by Steven Goskowski or else they would have easily lost that game, because that, that's the old Titans, is trying to get three instead of seven. That's their old yep. uh, bugaboo, and they I, went back just, to that, uh, but yeah, you you could have used the seven, definitely. Um, so six field goals for goskowski gets that win, but not the cover. So I I will I will take that one. Um, and eh, I don't think there's anything else that really happened that was too Im- important. Uh, the Lions, uh, I can't believe they were on an 11 game losing streak before that win over Arizona. I didn't know they were that bad.
0: Yeah, and Arizona, you know, well we, we we gave them a little too much praise, I guess. After that, night, well,
1: you well know, Tyler Murray gave, gave it away three ints. That yeah. that that happens. Sure does. Right, so, I wasn't too crazy
0: about that. So uh, I didn't. We got the records. I know you had you had an okay week. Finally,
1: uh, I did. Yeah, I did that though. You weren't on the air, so yeah. Ten and six. Uh, finally got uh, a, a, a week over five hundred. Um, I doubled up my season total uh, in one week. <laughs> Equal both of those week one and two together. Um, and you went eight and eight, so I got two games up, two two games on you, but you're still uh, four games up on me for the season at the moment.
0: Okay. Eight and eight. I mean, if that's the worst. I'll take it. Nine, nine and sure. eight so far for me. I'll, I'll 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 take eights and nines all year.
1: I'm sure you will. Uh, so we are about ready to make our picks for week four. We will do that in a couple minutes. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash Detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at Dre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason is on Twitter, too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and look through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDray and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me, and is solely performed for our entertainment, as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast, without the express written consent of Jay or Me, is strictly Prohibited. All right, week four. The rest of week four coming up on Sunday. We got uh, 13 more games to pick. It would be, uh, well, it would be 15 more, so we got 14 more to go. There would be 15 except for the uh, Titans and the Steelers. That game will not be played as scheduled thanks to the Tennessee Goop. Believe me, I know all about the Tennessee Goop. They're They're up
0: to 14. They're up to 14 players and coaches now with the numbers
1: today. Yeah, that's a breakout. All right. So yeah, definitely no uh, football for the Titans right now. And all they can do is quarantine and hope that everybody uh, gets better uh, in the long run. Uh, so that's been moved to week seven. And uh, the Steelers, I think we're playing the Bills week seven. Originally, that's been bumped down to week eight. So that's how that all shakes out. But still 14 other games for us to pick for the rest of week four, starting right now. We will get started with the Cardinals playing the Panthers, going to Charlotte, uh, the aforementioned Kyler Murray and his 3-I-N-T game, who have a chance to uh, get over that very quickly, uh, going down to Carolina, Arizona. Uh, might not have their, their man. They've been a different team this year with DeAndre Hopkins, but uh, he may not be on the field for them. Um, he's definitely a game-time decision. So the Cardinals at 2-1, and one, they're still favored, three and a half point favorites at the one and two Panthers.
0: If you felt if you felt a little icky inside with the Cardinals being the big home favorites uh, these last two weeks, well, how do we like Kyler Murray and the Cardinals as road favorites uh, against the Panthers? Who you know what they handled their business last week. You know Justin Herbert got his first true start um, with a full week of practice, and Carolina was ready for it. And uh, I give them a little credit. They they showed up. Teddy Bridgewater had a nice little game. They were able to run the ball. Uh, I don't think Carolina's as bad as everybody's writing them off to be. And, you know, yeah, it does make me feel a little icky to see Arizona here as a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. Um, I like the, love the hook. Uh, give me the Panthers and the points.
1: Let's talk about the Cardinals loving to draft these uh, multi-dimensional defensive players. They took Isaiah Simmons, a linebacker who played some safety in college. They might have to put him at safety uh, because of all their injuries in the defensive backfield. So there's a lot of things working against Arizona right now, Uh, but they're playing Carolina. I was thinking about if uh, the Panthers can get a pass rush on on Kyler Murray um, and, and force him into mistakes like he made last week against the Detroit Lions, yeah, I would say the Panthers definitely had a chance. Um, He could be in trouble against a decent pass rush, so this one I had to go to the numbers and look it up and found out that Carolina, at least through three games, that's the complete opposite of a decent pass rush. They're uh, getting 14.4% pressure rate right now, and if you think that's bad, yeah, only the Detroit Lions, believe it or not, uh, ironically, are who just beat them. Uh, Only the Lions are worse at getting pressure consistently through three games. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to say that even without uh, DeAndre Hopkins, that Murray doesn't have another game quite that bad. And I'm actually going to take Arizona and give the three and a half. I don't feel great about that. That hook does scare me, but, uh, but I will take Arizona. The Colts and the Bears, oh boy, the uh, commenced the Nick Foles era in Chicago. So uh, it's the backup quarterback. So he would be the most popular guy if it was if there were fans there, they would give him a standing ovation coming out of the tunnel. And upon his first incompletion, they would be saying, "Who's the who's the backup behind him? We, we want to see that guy now." Is it's Caleb Haney still available? Uh, the Colts at two and one. Uh, this is how Vegas uh, feels about the Bears. Indianapolis is still a two-and-a-half-point favorite at the undefeated 3-0 and Chicago Bears.
0: That is just, yeah, if you want to talk about it, you've got a two-and-one team coming in on the road, going to an undefeated team with two huge comebacks already under their belt, and their home dogs against the Colts. But I'll tell you what the Indianapolis Colts are not. They're, they're not the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> they're also not the Detroit Lions. Uh, so, so while Phillip rivers has that sort of that proclivity to, to make the, the, the boneheaded plays um, I don't think the bears get the same juice that they got last week when Foles came in and sort of pumped them up. And uh, like you said, he, he made some big throws, but how much of that was Atlanta's secondary just completely shit in the bed oh. and, 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 and allow, yeah, Isaiah Oliver does not play in that cold <laughs> secondary. So the, Foles could just pick on him relentlessly for the whole game. I'm going to actually go against my my better judgment here. I'm going to take the Colts on the road as as the road favorite at, at the undefeated Bears.
1: Chicago is the worst 3 and 0 team ever. Ever. If they won this game, they would be the worst 4 and 0 team ever. ever. <laughs> and you know I I'll give credit to the Bears defense, which keeps them in any game and allows these crazy comebacks, whether it's Trubisky, whether it's Foles, um, and they can absolutely frustrate Philip Rivers into some mistakes and, and find a way to go four and zero. I just can't see it happening. I, I got to take the Colts. They're much more uh, better rounded on offense. They don't have to rely on Philip Rivers. They always have that very good run game. They have no matter who's running behind them. They have that. Very good run blocking, um, and, and they can make some some hay on the ground and and make the Bears have to play uh, several levels, not just focus on on one thing. So um, I will take the Colts, and, and I, I just don't I don't believe in Nick Foles, and I don't believe in in Chicago right now, despite the three and record. The uh, Los Angeles Chargers uh, visit Tommy and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Chargers at one and two. Tampa is at two and one. Uh, don't overlook that Tampa Bay defense and all of this Tommy talk. You knew he was going to get all the focus, but uh, Todd Bowles has got that defense uh, playing some fired up football. Uh, The Clippers are seven point underdogs at Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah. Although you you see those seven point lines, those three point lines and immediately you start smelling pushy and, eh, you know, and I see no Fournette, who was the big hero last week, which kind of, Helped them a lot in the running game. No Godwin again, which doesn't matter because Tommy has no arm left. Um, so you can't really – you don't have to worry about him trying to get that ball deep. But, yeah, no, you you pointed out why I'm taking the Bucks in this game, and that's their defense and how good they've been playing. And they get to tee off again on, on an inexperienced quarterback – uh making now his second official start, third start overall. And he's gonna he's gonna see some stuff. Todd Bowles knows half how, how to trick quarterbacks and get after him. I mean he was not great as a head coach, but there's no denying the talent there on the defensive side of the ball. So I'll I'll take the Bucks um kind of easy in this one.
1: I concur. They uh they absolutely should give Justin Herbert Fits. Uh they've been getting after it uh pressure wise. They're right there near the top of the league, uh, not not at the bottom. Um, If you've got a fetish for hamstring injuries, make your way down to Tampa, Florida, because they're going around. you got Chris Godwin, who's not going to play with his hammy. you got Mike Williams, who's not going to play for the uh, Chargers because of his hammy. Uh, Fournette didn't get the memo. He's going to miss the game because of his ankle, not his hammy, so he doesn't get to be in the club. But nonetheless, yeah, I'm going to take Tampa and and give the seven um, because it's hard to imagine – uh, again, there's the NFL, the way it's played right now, any kid can lead any team back on, on any given Sunday because there's no crowd noise to make a difference. I, I really underestimated how important that was. There's been some unbelievable comebacks and, and drives that it's like, how are they still going? How are they still on the field? But, you know, again, when you get to run your offense with no noise, it makes a huge difference. Um, but I'm going to go against that and then say Tampa, Finds a way to to win by more than a touchdown. Uh, In the beltway, it's the Redskins. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Drink. Take a drink. (laughs) It's the Potato Skins hosting the Ravens. And boy, does Baltimore need to get back after what happened on Monday night. And Vegas believes that they're going to get back in a big way because this is the biggest number on the board all season so far, the 2-1 Ravens are 14-and-a-half-point favorites at the 1-and-2 Washington foot team, yay sports.
0: Yeah, the, the worst thing that could have happened for the Washington Redskins. Oh, oh.
1: <laughs> Take a drink.
0: Drink. Uh, Everyone's going to be happened. Yeah, the worst thing that could have happened for them uh, was getting the Ravens after that performance on Monday night. They're not going to put up two stinkers in a row. Uh, I don't think John Harbaugh will let that happen. I I do not want to be Dwayne Haskins and and, and Chico. I don't don't want to be any of these guys this week. Uh, Lamar Jackson's probably going to throw six touchdowns in this game just to kind of get back to show that he can do it, Um, especially off the big stage. Uh, Yeah. Give give me Baltimore squish. Uh,
1: No chase Young in the mix for the Washington potato skins either. He's going to miss the game with a groin injury. Likely no Terry McLaurin. Uh, who's got a thigh oh, injury? Shit. So it just gets worse and worse for for Washington. Um, it's a huge number, man. That is a big ass number, um, and, and I think it correctly takes into account that throw away the home field advantage for Washington, uh, not just because of the fans not being there, but because this being a Beltway game, there probably would have been more Ravens fans in the stands than Red than. Oh, uh, drink. <laughs> Than, than Washington football team fans to begin with, um, so yeah, I, I absolutely think that John Harbaugh is going to get these guys back on track, even with the short week. It's another gag job by by Lamar and the, and the Ravens. They they got to get that taste out of their mouth. So yeah, I, I concur, and I'll give the the big number as well. On to the Seahawks and the Dolphins. I, I don't. I didn't offend anyone by saying Seahawks or Dolphins, did I? I I'd certainly hope not. Um, the the air versus the 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 sea, the the land mammal. Uh, Seattle is three and and0 and Russ Wilson is playing about as well as anybody can play. The Dolphins are one and two, and, and the Dolphins are the Dolphins. Uh, so Seattle, of course, is no surprise, a six point favorite on the road at the Fish.
0: Tipi- Historically, typically, this is a spot where I would go against the Seahawks. And I yeah I have to I'm stopping before I say the name of every team. Like, oh wait oh yeah I can say that one. <laughs> um, yeah, normally I would take these points. Uh, With the Dolphins But I don't see any reason to I mean it's clearly Just going to be the Russell Wilson show All day long They're down the running back now After the dirty injury So the running game is basically just going to be More Russell Wilson Uh, So this is going to be It's going to be a one man show Just bombs away all game long Yeah, Even though I think this feels like a spot For a letdown for them uh, I'm I'm still going to go and say They roll the Dolphins up
1: yeah, it's definitely something to to fear a letdown because of the quality of opponent the first three games for Seattle. Um, this is definitely a step down in, in quality. Uh, however, you got to be afraid of the Dolphins at all times. They, they compete more than they probably have any right to. Um, they will not have Byron Jones in their defensive backfield. They are already light on experienced cornerbacks, so that definitely does not bode well for them. On the Seattle side, uh, Carson is officially a game-time decision with that knee injury, so he may be out there, he may not. Um, And even if he's there, he probably won't uh, play too much. Um, We've talked about the Seattle trouble stopping other teams with their uh, bad defensive backfield. The star of that backfield has been Jamal Adams. He fucked up his groin uh, in that Dallas game, so he's not going to play. The other DBs are – we did uh, their other DBs are kind of banged up. This has all the makings of a possible Miami surprise, some Fitz magic, some possibilities. Um, I got to finally put my money where my mouth is, however. I've been talking about how great Russell Wilson has been. And if he's really this damn good, if he's really, you know, hashtag let Russ cook and MVP and all that other talk. And if he's really as good as I think he is, then that actually is a, a big time uh, value giving only six points against the dolphins to the, the think that Russ can't beat the dolphins by a touchdown by himself. Um, I'm going to actually uh, go against the grain a little bit and say that not only does Seattle get this win and cover the number, but I'm, I'm going to lock that in. I think Russ is playing that well that he can overcome whatever. So even if uh, Fitz magic throws for four touchdowns and keeps Miami in the game, I think Russ just throws her five or six and, and, overcomes them all by himself, so I'm going to take the Seahawks and lock it up. On to the right. Vikings and the Texans in the Titanic Battle of 0-3 teams. And
0: oh, something's got to man, give.
1: Both these teams are definitely thinking it was not supposed to be like this. They both, oh, what I'm sure... Do these
0: teams have in
1: common? Hmm... hmm. I think they could both use a particular player on a particular position that they let go uh, in the off season. Uh so yeah, very curious decision making there uh, for both of those teams. In any event, the 0 and 3 Vikings, three and a hook, three and a half point dogs at the 0 and 3 Texans.
0: Yeah, and I'm thinking who's gonna miss that top guy more? And I keep thinking about well, Minnesota revamped that secondary. There's their back end has been pretty terrible. Who would have come? In, oh, I think DeAndre Hopkins would have come in really handy to get right against this Vikings team, um, who who did put together a much better effort last week against the Titans, um, the class of the AFC South. Uh, Houston so far has not been the class of the AFC South, so. Even though I think this could be a big Will Fuller game, do I really want to put my faith in making a pick on Will Fuller staying healthy for an entire game? Uh, no, not going to do it. Uh, I think that Cousins, you know, he's got feeling already. He said he's he made the nice connections with Jefferson. Um, he still has Rudolph. They still have Calvin Cook. I'm going to take. I think the Vikings are just the better team here, and I think they get their first
1: win. Yeah, this is uh, both of our. Uh, NFC North championship picks and the Vikings. You picked them to win the NFC and go all the way to the oh, Super funny. Bowl. Mind me. Um,
0: is it looking uh, like my is...
1: baseball
0: picks right? Now? Both are baseball picks right now. I think all of our teams bounced.
1: <laughs> bounced first round. Get out.
0: Well, we're done.
1: <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Nonetheless, finally a break in the schedule for for Houston. That unbelievable three game stretch to, to start the year, unless. Kirk Cousins throws a Justin Jefferson 15 times and decides to just light him up that way. Um, th- there's a chance. Uh, they 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 need to figure out a way to stop what's going on in, in Houston because all the momentum seems to be going downhill. Uh, I got to think the morale is, is going down. The belief in coach, if there ever was any belief in coach, has got to be going down. Uh, you just see the way everything has happened since the Andre Hopkins move and it, it just, it, it's all sour right now in Houston. Uh, so I'm going to concur and, and take the Vikings and take the three and a half. And I got them straight up to win. I, I think you do too. Yep. Uh, they need balance, the Vikings, dude. I talked about that last year. When they are doing both, when they got cousins working, but then also mixing in Dalvin Cook a, a healthy amount. They, they need both. They can't uh, rely too much on one or the other.
0: I told you. I would go back to Week One against the Packers when they got down by one point and then just completely stopped running the football, even yeah, though Delvin like, for like fifty yards on that first drive.
1: You you can't let that guy get away. You can't forget that you got that because that guy is special. He's not just some running back. He is one of the special ones. He's one of the the best all around backs in the league. And every time you forget about him, bad things happen. So you got to think the Vikings are going to remember that, especially that first performance last week. Like,
0: like Jason Garrett's their coach now or something.
1: Yeah. Well, because that's
0: what he was doing with Ezekiel Elliott, right? Just forget he was there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Although
0: Mike McCarthy's been doing a bang-up job of forgetting about him, too.
1: (laughs) We are talking about the Cowboys in this very next pick, so that's a good way to to lead into that. Cleveland Browns, there you go. The Cleveland Browns and the Dallas Cowboys in the battle of the two most, maybe most overrated franchises in in the league in the last (laughs) –
0: against deck time. <laughs> Good luck. Hiya. Well, anyway, that's Garoppolo, Black Jesus.
1: <laughs> that's right. Uh, the Browns are, are two and one somehow, um, but they're still underdogs down in Big D. They are four and a half point underdogs to Black Jesus and the one and two Cowboys. Alleluia.
0: Trying to find any way that I can to get Cleveland to sneak under this number, but I just can't keep, I can't come up with a way because they have all the weapons. Dallas' defense is banged up. They're not very good. Cleveland's got talent everywhere in that offense. They've got two running backs, tight ends, top wide receivers. You know, although Baker Mayfield, I think, kind of trips all that up a little bit. Um, Not the guy you want to hand the keys to that car to, but they they, they got those two wins. Then you got Dallas, where yeah, there's a lot of Dak time, you know, Dak Prescott does fill up the stat sheet when it doesn't really matter at all, Uh, you know, he gets a a lot of those uh, solo Sammy Sosa home runs when they're losing by 12 runs,
1: 480 foot home runs,
0: oh hey, the crowd loves it, Um, oh yeah so, yeah, I, I think, though, that Dallas comes out here out here at home. They lost that tough game up in Seattle. You can usually, you can A lot of times you can build off those L's, and sometimes it's easier to build off the L uh, than it is off the W, especially when you're coming home to face the paper champions. Who let the frickin' Washington football team hang around for most <laughs> of that game? Come on. Uh, give me Dallas on this one. I don't love this pick, though. That number feels a little big. I'm hoping uh, Dallas can come out with this one with a win for me.
1: Yeah, the Cowboys have actually sort of had the schedule from hell themselves outside of uh, Houston. Um, uh, The Cowboys are... Hey, whatever you think about the Atlanta Falcons, they can hang with anybody.
0: And they were killing them. They can whoop you for three quarters.
1: That's right, and the Falcons were killing them. Um, and, and Cleveland, we know, uh, has the ability to show up versus anyone because they have that kind of talent. They, that We call them the Madden team. They got all the, the high ratings. Um, Cleveland pass rush should hold Dak, Dallas down, and that would lead to Dak time. So I, I'm going to concur in a specific way. I'm going to take Dallas to cover the four and a half because they're going to be trailing at halftime, and then Dak will come out and do his Dak time thing in the second half and lead them to victory. But Dak time usually
0: doesn't lead to Ws.
1: <laughs> it, it usually doesn't, but it's the Cleveland okay. Browns. So ah, I
0: see. Okay, so you're doing a little reverse psychology with the Dak time. This time it matters.
1: That's right. This time it counts. Uh, it, it mattered against the Falcons, didn't it? it, it uh, with the help of that on onside kick uh, situation. Sorry, I'm, I'm totally injuring you over there. I'm sorry. It was
0: only two weeks ago.
1: <laughs> doesn't it feel like six years already?
0: The, yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs>
1: The New Orleans Saints and the Detroit Lions, um, this one's got all sorts of interesting uh, scenarios that could possibly happen, because I don't know which way this is going to go one way or
0: the other. Don't don't touch this game if you're a professional. Don't
1: don't get anywhere near it, because how can you possibly predict what's going to happen? So New Orleans coming off that weird Sunday night loss, and Detroit coming off uh, an upset victory in Arizona. Uh, public's still kind of believing in, in Drew Brees and the Saints. They're like me. They don't know. They don't know that he's completely cooked. They're not sure. They, they can't really figure it out. Uh, the 1-2 and two Saints are three-and-a-half-point faves. They give three-and-a-half on the road at the 1-2 and two Lions.
0: Yeah, you know, but the Saints overall are a much more talented team. They're also not coached by an ass clown. <laughs> um, which which usually helps. Uh, you, you can you'll love him or hate him, Sean Payton is a much better coach than Matt Patricia. Um, yeah, and you also summed it up. Detroit coming off of a surprise road victory and the Saints looking old and exposed, especially Drew Brees, uh, on Sunday night. So it's, this this is your typical get-right game, because if they can't get right here, mm. you, think it, you think you felt bad about your boy Brees after Sunday night, uh, just wait, this is what it's going to look like if they if they go and they lay an egg and he's afraid to throw the deep ball, and you know, oof, that's going to be ugly. But, you know, eh, this feels like the kind of game where swing passes to Elvin Kamara can, can get the job done all game. So I'll go ahead and I'll take the Saints and give the three and a hook.
1: There's other reasons to uh, be afraid if you're a New Orleans fan as well. They will have – uh, two quarterbacks uh, that will miss this game uh, in Marshawn and Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins. Uh, they will not have Mike Thomas once again, but also in addition to that, they won't have tight end Jared Cook. And that is important as well because right now it looks like Breeze and intermediate routes are the way to go with him. And if you lose a speedy tight end like that, that that hurts as well. Um, so there, there's definitely a lot to worry about. Uh, pump faking uh, might be toast Drew Breeze. Um, he can maybe fool the Detroit defense for most of the game and, and just keep pumping them and opening up the, the underneath for Kamara and the other guys that are left behind. Um, I was definitely thinking about taking the lions uh, and then I realized that it's the lions and you're your boy ass clown with the pencil behind his ear. Uh, the pro football focus podcast pointed out that their grading system of, of grading coverage Lions are third worst in the NFL in coverage, so that's one of those things I I may get a subscription one day and try to understand these statistics and try to figure out, excuse me, Um, because you look at like my favorite raw number about uh, yards per pass attempt, Detroit's only given up 7.4, that's not good, but that's not anywhere near the bottom, so there's other metrics at play there when you talk about they're the third worst in the league, so I think that's,
0: I really, uh, I'd really want to see. You know, you brought up the stat last week. I really want to see against the Packers what Drew Brees's depth of throws, uh, depth of throw was. You know, distance. Like you know, it, you know, it, you know, how far down the field was he pumping those balls? Because almost all of those were caught behind the line of scrimmage, close to it.
1: He kept loading up like it was going to be a huge depth of throw.
0: Yeah, his just contemplated his contemplated air <laughs> distance was very high.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a new stat we we made up.
0: Uh, almost oh, did to
1: throw. You,
0: you didn't get the. You've been hanging <laughs> out with Trump, have you?
1: <laughs> no, you know my my throat <clears> throat>, my throat goes out every now and then. So
0: okay, so you weren't at a rally or anything.
1: I don't believe I was, um, but I'm in Tennessee, <laughs> so you never know. So Tennessee.
0: A... Were you hanging out with the Titans?
1: I, they may have been in the same place as I was. I, I wouldn't know. I, you know, they, they may have came through and yeah, right. I, you know, that may have came through right after they 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 left. So you never know. Um, and so I'm going to say that Breeze can exploit the uh, the third worst coverage team in the league, and and I'll take New Orleans and give it a three and a half along with you. <clears throat> Here's a game that we don't have to talk much about. Jacksonville and Cincinnati. Um, so as I mute the button, you can talk all about that. The one and two Jags, two and a half point dogs at the O two and one Bengals.
0: Might be it might be quick. Uh, what what's the line on this
1: one? The uh, they're the two and a half point dogs. The, uh, the, dog. All right,
0: there you go. So the Cincinnati is the home the home favorite. Oh my God! I guess I guess that tie, I guess that tie. Uh, Must have really shown a lot of people in in Vegas about uh, what Joe Burrow is all about. Plus that 61 uh, pass performance that he had against Cleveland to get that cheap backdoor cover. Uh, Yeah. I, I, you know, that tie last week, I don't know if that was Cincinnati playing really well, or if that's just a, uh, a testament to how bad the Eagles really are. They are, Really terrible. I know we want to we keep giving the Eagles shots, but man, that team is trash. Um, I, I think I'm going to end up going with the Jaguars here on the road. This feels like a road W. You know, Minshew had the bad game. Maybe he's going to fall into that good game, bad game phase. I, I don't think Cincinnati puts up much of a fight here. Um, you know, maybe it's just a few, few crazy plays here or there. This feels like a this feels like a field goal victory in a wild kind of. Like one of those bad team wild games, kind of like what we had last night, where it's just two bad teams. They can't stop each other. And I think the Jags kind of have that last possession and come out on top by a field goal. That's kind of just the vibe I get from this game. Cincinnati's just not quite ready.
1: Yeah, both offensives have uh, shown glimpses here and there of uh, production. Probably the best examples of what I was talking about. Teams benefiting the most from lack of crowd noise and being able to Put together drives and keep games alive that they probably have no business keeping alive. Yeah, you know you understand that we disagreed on the first pick that we made tonight, and we've agreed on every single game since. We're into the late games now. We're still agreeing on everything.
0: One, you know what? I'm sitting on sitting on my lead.
1: (laughs) You're protecting your lead in week four.
0: The fun part is I actually didn't make my picks today, so I am making these as we go.
1: Oh oh interesting okay
0: I, I didn't have I usually do it right before the show, so it's fresh, and well both, my time before the show tonight was driving home
1: right no, oh, so this is as raw as it gets
0: like old um, school right so it, yeah, so yeah we so I don't know if you should feel good or bad that we agree on so many picks
1: i I feel good because you're off the cuff uh not thinking about anything. picks usually go very well for you. Okay. Um. Uh, so yeah, uh, in this garbage game that could go either way, uh, I'm gonna concur with you. No, you know Atkins for Cincinnati again. His shoulder injury uh, keeps keeping him off the field. Since he coming off the overtime game Sunday, and Jacksonville's coming off ten days rest. So yeah, I'll I'll take the Jags. I don't love it, but I'll take them. <clears throat> On to the New York Giants. Oof. Uh, and the. Los Angeles Rams, uh, this was under consideration for my lock of the week. You haven't picked your lock yet. So um, I, there's there's two different – actually, I, I'm looking down the schedule. and I, I, Never mind. I know what your lock's going to be. It's not going to be this one. I was going to guess this one, but then, no, I know what I've, yours I've is. Uh, anyway. Telegraph-
0: I've been telegraphing my lock of the week.
1: Uh, the, the, the team's involved. Give it away. Uh, you haven't really been telegraphing it, but I'm just going to – because the, because the team's involved. Uh, anyway, in this one, it's the Giants and the uh, Rams, the 0-3 Giants, 13.5-point dogs at the 2-1 and Rams.
0: Yeah, we learned all we needed to learn about the Giants last week. They had that nice little second-half comeback against the Bears, that little Valiant without Saquon Barkley, uh, second-half run against the Bears to kind of get that thing where they had the ball you know, down at the basically the 10 yard line with four shots at the end zone to beat the bears uh, which every team looks seems to have every week against the bears but that's beside the point um, yeah i, I don't want to be i don't want to be the giants going to la after first of all the rams feeling like they went up to buffalo and got hosed i don't think they got hosed but they think they got hosed and that's sometimes what matters um, and going up there and putting 32 on that supposedly vaunted Buffalo defense, which suddenly looks like it's all full of holes, but all the defenses seem to be lagging behind without the preseason this year with all these points being scored. I, I don't like that spot for the Giants. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. This is this is lock-worthy, but it's not my lock. I'm going to give all the points and take the Rams.
1: Yeah, I can, I concur. I'd say the I'd say exact same thing that you said. It's lock-worthy. It's not my lock, but it's absolutely – Worthy of the luck. I, I can't keep complimenting uh, Jarek Goff and the Rams and, uh, enough. They look unbelievable this year. They uh, look as cohesive and, and creative as any offense in football, you know, outside of maybe the Chiefs. Uh, that's, that's very, very high praise right now. So Sean McVay's got his groove back, and, and yeah, there's no reason to, to take the Giants in this spot, uh, but to stay within two touchdowns, it's, it's hard to imagine them doing it. So I'm going to concur with you. This should be a good one, the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs, the aforementioned Chiefs, is looking as great as they could possibly look on Monday night. Do they keep that high-quality going, or do they crash back to earth against Papa Belichick and the Pats? Cam Newton and the Patriots, 2-1, and 7-point underdogs on the road at Arrowhead at the 3-0 Chiefs. and Chiefs.
0: As You are fond to point out, and actually, your logic from last year is helping inform my pick from this year. And that is that the Patriots defense only really shows up against the bad teams. Like they, they, they run up lots of great stats in shutting down teams that have no business scoring anyways, when they were doing it to the jets, they're doing it to the dolphins they were doing it early and running out to that huge undefeated record against a bunch of nobodies. This ain't a bunch of nobodies. It is the, And and this is in Kansas City, so what Mahomes can do, I know they're coming off that big Monday night win, and maybe this is letdown territory, and they let Cam Newton and Bill Belichick hang around and hang around. I don't see it happen. I don't think anybody takes their foot off the gas when the Patriots show up. I I think it doesn't even matter if Tommy's there or not. You have the opportunity to to go out there and embarrass the Patriots. You're going to take advantage of it. Uh, So I think you're going to, again, you're going to see some stuff that maybe you didn't see last week. I think Andy Reid is going to just relish this. Um, He does not want to be in a situation where this has any implications towards home field later in the season. Um, He already took care of business with Baltimore, making sure that that might not happen. Now he's got to take care of business with New England uh, to make sure that that doesn't happen. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give the points and I'm going to take the uh, the Chiefs here uh, pretty big.
1: And there's a, a lot to contemplate when you think about this game. Were the Chiefs all ginned up and geared up for the Ravens? Were they just out to, to to show the Ravens who's boss? And will there be a letdown here against New England? Yeah, it's hard to imagine letting down against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Um, but if they do, this might be a, a big-time stumbling block. The Pats are already probably playing better than most people thought they would with Cam Newton. Uh, just the unknown of what Cam was going to be. Was he healthy? Was he going to be able to perform? Was he going to gel with the coaching staff? And and were they going to put together game plans to maximize him? And the answers to all that so far have been absolutely so far this season. Um, And on the other side, don't forget, it's Bill Belichick. Uh, What is he going to come up with to counteract what Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs are doing? Uh, because if Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy don't come out with another uh, incredible creative game plan uh, against the Patriots, then Bill Belichick is going to, to possibly stymie them and, and trip them up and, and find a way to, to stay in this game. Uh, I'm not going to take the uh, Patriots defense to uh, have a great showing against the Chiefs because the Chiefs are, as you pointed out, uh, not one of those pushover teams. So I like the over, but I do like the Patriots to hang around. Uh, the Patriots came, come in number one in the league in rushing with Cam Newton doing his thing and, and back to being healthy. Uh, so far, so good with, with all of that. Uh, and the Chiefs are still not very good defensively uh, against the run. They're, they had a, a much better game Monday night than they had the week before, but The Chiefs are still pretty much trash as far as tackling and and playing uh, run defense. Now, Baltimore came into that game Monday night number one in the league in rushing. They're no longer number one. Now New England's number one. Now New England gets to play Kansas City. Can KC's defense stand up two games in a row uh, against top-ranked rushing offenses? They did it once. Congratulations to them. Can't take it away from them. I don't know if they're going to do it twice, so I'm going to take New England to hang around. Bill Belichick. I know Tommy's not there anymore, but Bill Belichick is a seven-point underdog. Yeah, I think I, I think I got to go with the got to go with the Pats in that one.
0: It's pushy, isn't it?
1: it yeah, it might be. It, it might be. It, it just as easily could be thirty-seven to thirty as it could be thirty-four, thirty-one. So, uh, but yeah, when it's that close, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the with the master. <clears throat> uh with that many points anyway. On to the Buffalo Bills and the Las Vegas Raiders, the second game out in the Death Star uh at the end of the strip. Uh and those 3 and 0 Bills uh, about as impressive as any other team in the league right now. Uh 3 point favorites uh, in the desert against the 2 and 1 Las Vegas Raiders.
0: You know, and this is, again the Raiders have been better. I mean, they're they're impressive enough. <laughs> After a few games, they had to win against the Saints, but is that what it used to be? You know, they, they went up to New England and they hung around for a while, but they still couldn't seal the deal in the end. Uh, I have no worries at all about that Buffalo offense. Uh, I worry some about their defense. The defense has been kind of scaring me. I, I just don't know if this is the spot to pick against them because I don't know if the Raiders have the offense to just straight up hang the L. Um, on the Bills, I mean, Josh Allen has proven that he he doesn't care where he's at on the field. He's he's, he's almost got a little Mahomes or Russell Wilson in that way, where his new game plan just is I'm just going to throw it deep, and you can't stop me, and and just. I don't know if it's just the added confidence of having Stephon Diggs out there, or if it's just the maturity of a guy going from his second year to his third year. Um, but he's he's taking the jump. He's taking the jump we need Lamar Jackson to take, that's for sure. Uh, you know, we 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 shouldn't see Josh Allen now uh, progressing uh, better. You know, he's not throwing for 97 yards in this game, let's just say that. Um, <laughs> just saying, throwing that out there. But he also is capable of running for the 80. Because uh, so Josh Allen can beat you on the on the ground just as well as he can beat you through the air, but he's much more likely to throw for 400 in this game. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna take the Bills. Probably a high scoring game.
1: He's loving those weapons, isn't he? Ooh.
0: Hey, why how could you not? Again, yeah. Stephon Diggs should not be available, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Normally, guys like that are not. Normally. Uh, no Henry Ruggs again for the Raiders. They keep having trouble with their young draft picks, keeping them on the field because the first round cornerback uh, Damon uh, Arnett is uh, on IR with a thumb injury. So he's not going to be there either. So that's exactly what you need. If you're the Raiders, you're uh, already legendarily had cornerback issues and, and trouble in your defensive backfield for all these years. And now you draft a cornerback in the first round and he goes on injury reserve. Just when, John uh, uh, Allen and, uh, and Stefan Diggs come in. Uh, yeah, that's not going to go well. That's uh, those two against the, the Raiders secondary is uh, should be Baltimore, uh should be Buffalo all the way. So I'm going to concur with you there. I'm just blown away looking at our uh, uh, picks and seeing the bookends of, of two picks that we go against each other and everything down the list is the same outside of those. I don't know if I've seen that in quite a while.
0: Well, we have to disagree on these last two just to get to four. (laughs) So, Uh, if we we agree on one of the next two games, you you can't catch me this week. See, I'm mm -hmm. playing keep away.
1: I see that. We're we're not going to disagree on either one is going to be my guess. Sunday night football, (laughs) (laughs) the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers, all those injuries, For the Niners, still a problem. Um, Let's see what we got this week. We got uh, Jimmy Garoppolo again is out. So more Nick Mullins under center for the Niners. Uh, No Raheem Mostert, as we talked about a little earlier. Sorry, uh, Jordan Reed, I have to apologize. I I did talk him getting hurt into existence last week. Um, I talked about, he was the only one looking around uh, he's, he's the only healthy guy. He's looking at all the slackers going, Hey guys, come on, get on my back. And of course he's, uh, now blown out his knee and he's going to miss two months. So I, I apologize to the spirit of Jordan Reed for, for putting that on him. Um, little good news for the Niners. They uh, get Debo Samuel, uh, making his season debut and they get George Kittle back at tight end. Um, as far as the Eagles, they're the ones now with some matching uh, injury problems because their maybe top three receivers are all out for so this game. Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, and J.J. Artega-Whiteside. Uh, I,
0: w- I wouldn't count him as top. Res-
1: yeah, but but the guys that are left, are they any better?
0: Uh, uh, Greg Ward, is he left? I think he's in. He's it. still there. I saw him making yeah. some plays against the Bengals.
1: Yeah, uh, that that might be all Carson Wentz has to rely on. Uh, with that in mind, the 0-2 and one Eagles are seven and a half point dogs at the 2-1 49ers. Yeah, that
0: that that hook kind of scares me there, because that's uh that that's that's a big number. Um, you know, I was thinking about I was thinking about locking this one up, but I don't know if I want to lock this one up at seven and a half. Uh, So I think I'm going to have to save that lock for the last game. Um, I don't like the Eagles at all. I mean, they're just (laughs) junk. I mean, I took them to lose last week to Joe Burrow and the Bengals, and they very well should have. (laughs) Um, The Niners just keep rolling people up with nobodies. I mean, they have nobody left on their team, and they're beating teams by thirty at 18 and they don't seem to have a problem. And if you're going to try to tell me that the Eagles are a significant step up in class from the giants and the jets, I'm not so sure. And that they're, they're going cross country out to San Francisco for this one. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to give all the points with a team with a bunch of nobodies. Um, maybe it's just they're, they're well coached. Apparently they, they they're squeezing everything they can out of that team. Um, and the defense is still mostly intact. So even though there's injuries on the defense, that ne- the next man up for the Niners, they seem to be pretty good. So I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna give them the, give them, give them uh, the win here and give all the points.
1: And yeah, that's the problem with paying too much attention to the 49ers injuries, which I clearly did a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, is their lack of uh, opponents right now? They're getting. I guess if you're gonna get hurt, they're getting hurt at the right time with those two New you're York right. teams and. And now there's this Eagles outfit, man. Uh, Carson Wentz did not look like he shook off the rust in in week three. That was sort of my um, theory as to bad Bad some of of these quarterbacks like Breeze and Wentz that do not look good through the first couple of weeks. I was like, well, maybe they really needed the preseason, and maybe week three will be uh, when they finally turn it on. And that did not happen. Uh, Let's see what happens in week four. Um, you know, we know he's better than this. That's all we know. We've seen him play MVP caliber football before. It's just not right now. So uh, when he gets back to that level is anyone's guess. I have no idea. Um, Yeah, San Fran with all their maladies gets another sucky opponent. Um, I'm going to have to concur and take San Fran and give the seven and a half. It should be a, a blowout on Sunday night.
0: Don't forget, though, when Wentz was playing at MVP form, he had weapons.
1: That's definitely true. He's definitely lacking in, in personnel right now.
0: So, you know, <laughs> but, but those quarterbacks who are MVP-level quarterbacks, who are those transcendent talents?
1: They'll will find a make, way to get over that.
0: They will make the stars out of the bums, like Alan Lazard and Equiminius St. <laughs> Brown. And you, any of these busters who the Packers are rolling out at wide receiver, and they're rolling people up and scoring 40 points a game like it's nothing. Carson Wentz doesn't have that ability. So, therefore, uh, he's not that good.
1: Are you saying Carson Wentz is not Aaron Rodgers? Maybe. (laughs) Controversial takes right here. Hot takes only (laughs) on In Much Less Detail.
0: Man, we're ready for ESPN.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The aforementioned Alan Lazard is not going to play on Monday night for the Packers, but doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Devontae Adams should return. Oh boy. uh, I think they traded up. (laughs) um, And for Atlanta, uh, Julio Jones may return from his hamstring injury, but now Calvin Ridley has an ankle itch uh, situation. Uh, So he, he might not play uh, for the Falcons. Uh, so I've already typed it in. I already know your lock. I figured that out a few picks ago, but the formality, the Atlanta Falcons, the 0 three Atlanta Falcons are seven point underdogs at the three and green Bay Packers. You,
0: you know, if there hadn't been the hook on San Francisco, I had full intentions of locking up the mm-hmm. Niners. Cause I really nah. think that little of the Eagles, I think less of the Eagles than I do of the Falcons. At least the Falcons get really, seeds. <laughs> you know, at, at least they look good for a half or they look good for two and a half or three quarters. Um, if this game, honestly, if this game was in Atlanta, I I'd, I'd probably be thinking upset because you'd probably be looking at the Packers going down. there as a four, four, four and a half, five point favorite. If this game was down in Atlanta, um, even with them being Oh, and three, I'm I, honestly, this line, even at seven with a team that's Oh, and three against the way the Packers have looked, I think is a little bit of a hedge against, uh, you know, Atlanta blowing all these leads because, you know, people who are clearly in the know or people who are setting these lines and betting, this should be a 10 or an 11-point line. But people are looking up and going, well, Atlanta, you know, Atlanta's played well. They should be 2-1 and one by all rights. So the only really bad game, full game they played was against Seattle, um, where they put up a lot of dak time yards and, <laughs> and, and did a lot of, you know, so... Uh, yeah, no. Kelvin, Kelvin really banged up. Julio Jones banged up. A secondary that's trash. Packers are getting Devontae Adams back. They're running the ball. They, they still haven't fully used this four-headed running attack um, that they can throw at you at any time. This is going to be a prime time game in Green Bay. Yeah, this 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 feels like this feels like blowout time. And this if this unless this is Atlanta's last gasp. Um, but I think they had that. Last week, that should have been the one to get back to one and two. Maybe I felt would feel a little bit better about them going into this game, but yeah, I think they're. I think they get their coach fired here. This is the Dan Quinn, uh, you know, death watch right now. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the Packers and might, might as well lock it up.
1: I still can't believe they lost that game to the, to the Bears. I still can't believe that. Look, their forms <sighs> unbelievable. Um, yeah, I figured you were you were like about but yeah, um, it, there is absolute truth in saying, "Hey, Matt Ryan, he is not playing terribly. He's not. Uh, they're not losing because of him. They're putting up incredible offensive numbers still, uh, even with everything that's going on. They're still uh, per, per per play. They're still uh, right there as as good as anybody." In the league, uh, yardage-wise, they just can't find a way to to put it away and and put that thing uh, under lock and key and, and store it away. They just cannot figure out how to win games.
0: Todd Gurley is playing great so far, which nobody expected—not me.
1: Falcons are at uh, 4.1 yards per per carry on the year. That's better than that. That's better than they have been the last few years. That's yep. for sure. Um, and they're number three in the league in passing. So. And they're all and three, that, and they're zero and three. Uh, but yeah, either team falls behind, the quarterback can lead them back, right? So that that makes that seven point line look like mm, man, that's a lot of points. That's uh, it's very tempting to take Atlanta and 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 take those seven points. I'm, I'm not gonna do it. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> concur with you. <laughs> I told you we're not gonna uh, disagree on those last two games. Um, yep, we two, yeah, whole games. Two. two whole games. Two whole games.
0: When was the last time? I, honestly, that is not.
1: That's probably our record.
0: I don't All even right. know. If, yeah, I don't even know if that's ever happened since we've been on this show. Typically, this... a low a low week for us is four. Right. This is two. So while wow, we are like two. lockstep, so you know what that means? We're putting up four <laughs> and eleven this week. <laughs>
1: No, I told you. You're making these picks on the I'm off the cuff and I'm making oh, them okay. uh, with, with all of my studying and, and metrics and stuff. So that yeah, so we're going to split the two. So you
0: should you feel good then that I'm agreeing with you and all your stats by just pulling these out of my ass.
1: Well, it's, it's more the other way. I feel good about the fact that you're pulling them out of your ass that my little stats and stuff agree with you because again, you pulling them out of your ass usually goes great for you.
0: Feel good about the fact that I can make all your informed picks without even trying.
1: Without sitting here and studying at all, I even got off work early today and still <laughs> came right down to the beginning of the show before I was uh, finished with all my I research. And up, for all of, that, all of that, yeah. I came up no, exactly the same thing that you did. Except, yeah, I mean, three. not to say
0: I hadn't, I, not to say I had zero awareness of the picks, you know, or what the lines were this week. Because I mean, I could pull out my phone and look at the app on my phone with the scores and look at them and go, okay, I kind of, you know, but I did never actually committed any of it. Like I always do into my notes on my phone. So I can, you know, so I'm always referencing my picks throughout
1: the show. No. no. Oh. After show. Yep. Into our VIP after show. You were, you were saying you
0: know, honest quick. Yeah. So I just, I didn't have any actual record. So you have the only record of my picks right now. So I'm going to be watching to make sure we only disagree on two. <laughs>
1: Um, I saved it in my little Excel file, which is yeah. good because actually last week I forgot to save, and when it was time to put it on the blog, I didn't have your pi- I saved mine, but didn't save after I after I got your oh, picks, no. so I had I had to go back and and figure out what your your picks were You're and, and the show. Had to type them back in. You know,
0: so. okay.
1: Yeah, we're <laughs> doing this, this uh,
0: doing this early tonight because we're actually taking. Yeah, you know, us and the kids are going for a few nights just to, just to get away. We're going to go hunker down in the woods and get a, get away from it all for a few days. As Wisconsin is like the COVID hotspot now, apparently.
1: Bad or Tennessee? It's
0: bad here right now. Yeah. You know, I was talking a few shows, the last show, you know, about how they were talking like, we we're missing the days, like, when 300 cases in the state a day was high, and now we're pushing almost 3,000 a day.
1: Yeah.
0: it's it, oh, Yeah. And they're talking about shutting schools down. It's like, I just want to go and get out of the town with the kids for a weekend before they shut
1: everything down. Right. Uh, yeah, here in, in Tennessee, um, I was hearing on the news that uh, September was our deadliest month of COVID. Oh, so we're okay. uh, on the upswing again. Um, I think they said, uh, yeah, uh, average of 23 deaths a day in September uh, across That's the state. You have more. That's a lot. They don't, they
0: have more people than Wisconsin. We don't average right. that
1: high. Right. But it's so yeah. Have, it's, five. But it's, it's It's still amazing that this is all still, still, still happening. Been like, all going the way on back.
0: This has been going for a while. 2020, I mean, somebody at my work today was commenting about how, like, the year is almost over, and it doesn't even feel like it's started. It's like, it's literally like a lost year.
1: Yes. And that's what was, uh, I was thinking about that uh, back in uh, April, May, June, when the summer months started to come, and it's like, we're still not out of the woods, and now everything is opening up like, hey, summer's here, yee-hee! Party time, and yep. I'm like, no, this is no. I know everybody is wanting to get out and do what they want to do because it's summer and it's time to party and it's time to let loose. But no, it's it's not it's not a good yeah. idea. I, I I knew it was a bad idea then, and, and,
0: uh, and our reward for that now is that everything is spiraling out of control as we go into flu season, where you're going to have everything uh, all mixed together. So you're going to have colds, and I mean, I deal with allergies, so. Mm-hmm. Seasonal allergies, since about 10 years, 11 years ago, seasonal allergies just kick my ass this time of year when the seasons change and things dry up. And I don't know what it is about the fall allergies, but yeah, it, it it really knocks me on my ass, you know, with eyes watering and sneezing all the time. So then I'm like, oh, but, oh check my temperature, you know, it's, oh, yeah, right. you don't need that on top of the fact that you're dealing with the crap that you deal with every October.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that's part of why my throat uh, goes out every now and then during these. Because uh, this doesn't happen in the summer, in our summer shows, but usually during the winter, I I get a, a few shows where my voice just completely leaves It's me a little like dry. I, yeah, I, I think that's what that is. Is the seasonal changes? I um, know I so, get yeah.
0: after after especially these shows on the nights when I work, especially like today where I worked a long day. Usually on a Saturday night show, I've got I've like, been home for an hour, hour and a half. So tonight I. Worked all day, and then I get on the show. And yeah, when I wake up in the morning, I wake up with a sore throat. After right. our show, you know, and it's just like it's just because I talked all day long. Mm-hmm. Or as my wife will tell me, I yelled all day, long, all, all show <laughs> long. You know, I, I got a text from her tonight. She was sitting downstairs. I got a text that said, Trini, Trini asked if you'd be a little quieter. <laughs> I guess I was keeping my daughter up, so I felt so. So yeah, so I, I, I toned it down a little bit.
1: I didn't know you were usually too loud. I didn't think it was.
0: It's, you know, and it's kind of open, you know, it's kind of open where I'm sitting
1: because right.
0: I'm sitting upstairs and everybody goes, goes right down the stairs. And it seems like everything I'm saying just seems to go right down the stairs, right into my kids' rooms.
1: Uh, yeah, that would drive my wife crazy if, if my broadcast of the show was going right to her ears. Yeah, that I, I can imagine that would be crazy.
0: Yeah, so that was one of the reasons why with us getting up tomorrow and we got to pack and then we're gonna be driving for a few hours. It was just, I didn't want to, I really didn't want to postpone the show, you know, because it's midnight usually when the show is over. I'm like, I don't want to do a nine thirty or a ten o'clock. I don't want it to be one o'clock in the morning. Right, right. When I get off the show and I'm, cause i because no matter what I'm up at six, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. I won't. I won't have my alarm set. I'll my, my kids will be awake at six o'clock and they'll be all excited. They're going to come running upstairs. It's Vacation days. Vacation day. Oh god. <laughs> and yeah. So I'm I'm destined to no matter what to get five hours of sleep because even after the show is over and I go lay down, I can't go right to bed after the show. Sure. I got to lay down. I got to watch some videos or I got to read something on my phone just until I kind of doze off or listen to some music.
1: Yeah, but I have no idea what happened in uh, Game 2 of the NBA Finals tonight while we were doing oh. our show, so I'll be checking in on that uh, once, once the show is over. Uh, and, uh, can, why... we, can,
0: we can eulogize again, uh, both our Cubs and our White Sox going out.
1: Yeah. Uh, so and, had,
0: and then, I had the Cubs finishing in fourth place this year. <laughs>
1: well, I had the Sox going a lot further. I had a lot of uh, Hopes for for them when they when I saw that they drew uh, the Oakland A's in the first round, uh, you know, I, even though yeah, I had hopefully. Oakland win, winning the division, um, I I still had good thoughts that the White Sox could could get it done, yeah. especially you know after that game one where Lucas right. Giolito was so dominant. Um, but then they lose two in a row, and it's just uh, I'm glad I wasn't uh able to watch that game three because reading the recap apparently was just uh torture, like getting your tooth pulled out. Um, as they you know, whatever starter that they chose, I think his name is Dane Dunning, they trusted him for like a couple yeah. of outs and then they start going to the bullpen immediately and it's like, well if you're gonna do that, then shit, just you know Which
0: I don't understand. I mean you said three game series. you're telling me you can't field three st- if you don't have a good enough team, to about three quality starters to start the playoff series you probably shouldn't be in the playoffs. Well, I say that as the Padres' night roll out nine pitchers. we look at the Cardinals, but they were on who's been terrible this year.
1: No, 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 no. It's, it's worse than that. The Padres, who chose to uh, leave one of their best starters, Dennison Lamette, off the yeah. postseason roster, off the first round next roster. Next
0: round. They're, they're warming them up for the next series. They were so
1: constant. <laughs> Him and Zach Britton of the Orioles uh, are—they're still warming up in the bullpen. They're saving them. They're still—they're uh, they're keeping them in reserve. Uh, yeah, that's—that that never works. Um, but yeah, the the Sox were just—you you get that close, you get the game one, and then you find a way to drop the next two. Yeah, you—you got to find somebody. Uh, when when game two go, does not go your way, and now the talk for the entire evening is, oh my God, we need another pitcher for game three, and it's like it's game three. Who's your who's your third best pitcher? Go send him out there. I mean, yeah. uh, it's like they they had no ideas. They they were com- caught completely unaware that they were going to need a, a third pitcher for game three. And, and at that point, it's like, well, shit, because <laughs> the, the A's sitting there like, yeah, we we got this Mike Fires guy. He's a veteran. He's kind of been there before. We're we're good.
0: Yeah. Wiley.
1: <laughs> He's the Wiley veteran.
0: The old veteran. You no, know, the white. It, I was trying to think about this like a historical perspective, and I'm, you know, obviously, I've, I've seen it with the Cubs, with a lot all that homegrown talent, and you know, they start mixing in a lot of those extra. They remind me of that 2014 Cubs team. You know where everything started like it all started to click together and had that really good season and you kind of see everything and maybe they shot, maybe they got there a little too soon you know, and then in the 2015 took the next step again and they went even further and then they won in 2016 um, they kind of look like that team that's to me like two years away
1: yeah, hopefully next round uh... two
0: years away. I mean not like years away, I'll wait till next year or something like B like that, you know, be in a Cubs my whole life. No, I am mean, like next year I could build on again, they obviously just from the outside perspective, they need starting pitching in this series. The hitting there, the offense is there. That's taken care of. Now they gotta take care of that pitching piece.
1: Yeah, they need a veteran to come in, uh, that's not Gio Gonzalez and, and solidify uh the back end
0: Seven,
1: uh and they 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 found the the kid that they drafted crochet um the the hundred mile an hour left hander uh and then he blows his his arm out um yeah. in the middle of the game, so that was part of the plan was to to send dunning out there for a little bit and then oh, we got this other kid that we're gonna bring in from the left side and he's really gonna carry us a long way and now he he His body couldn't hold up to the pressure, I guess, and he wound up uh, having to get pulled. Um, Yeah, maybe next year, uh, Eloy Jimenez will be able to be out there for more than one or two at-bats for the whole series. Uh, He unfortunately had a bad foot. Maybe next series, uh, Jose Abreu will come up with a big opportunity in the eighth, and he won't ground into a double play to end the inning like that, which is just a crusher. Um, Yeah, the – so many things that went right, but so many other things that, that could have went right is, you know, it's one of those things.
0: Yeah, I watched the Cubs go through other old Cubs tendencies. which was uh great start pitching and no hitting. And, and loads of guys on base. They wasted a great start from you, Darvish. And uh, every time I looked up, they had two runners on base as well. They no clutch hitting and all and, that's what happens when your lineup is stacked with guys from top to bottom who are slothers, but a lineup that's not full of a lot of professional hitters. Like they need that's where Castellanos came in so handy for them last year. Like guys who are, you know, they're just pros. They're gonna put the ball in play, they're gonna do the right thing, not always just looking to jack the home run. I mean you should have seen I mean you, you could have seen Pias swinging out of shoes today. And <laughs> everything is like you get those bad tendencies, and, but that's again that's, that's a Cubs offense that almost all the guys this year hit like two ten as mm-hmm. far as they got. Hey, good for them. I had them finish fourth, um, but yeah, all, you know, not good showing by the NL Central this year mm-hmm. because four out of the five teams the Central made the playoffs, and all four just in ceremonies have bounced.
1: Yeah, um, that's one of those things, man. Sometimes you you get that. You uh, we see that in the big dance in the college basketball, where some yeah, conference is so happy to get some. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> like the Big, big ten. Yeah,
0: ironic because they occupy about the same geographic part of the country.
1: Right. So maybe there's something about the the Midwest that Must uh, be. we need to do something with our with the drinking water up there because
0: <laughs> my reds the my my World Series Reds managed to score zero runs in 20 minutes.
1: <laughs> and my World Series Brewers uh, never had a chance in, in LA. Just no no contest.
0: Yeah. No, I remember when they first of all, they backed it. It was like nobody yeah. in those last games wanted to win a game so just by virtue of everybody losing, the Brewers got in, which was just pathetic in its own right. And uh, reward was draw the Dodgers which i was I right. remember, you know crap, crap about that work I'm like yeah hey, great job making the playoffs, guys your reward is the Dodgers it gets by the Dodgers.
1: well they should be used to that up there the Milwaukee bucks would grind and fight their way to an eighth spot in the in the 80s and 90s yeah. just so they could run into Michael Jordan and the bulls so they should be used to that
0: uh, was that the michael red teams
1: oh no this is uh, we're uh, talking
0: yeah, 'Cause that those things with Michael would have been what mid to late nineties?
1: Oh. Right, right. I,
0: I uh, that would have been the end of the Jordan era.
1: No, the Jordan era, that was like the uh the Terry Cummings, Sidney Moncrief oh. Bucks That uh
0: <laughs> There's a name the, I haven't heard in a while.
1: You know, the Frank Brickowski uh Milwaukee would the, the, the just keep fighting and grinding for that bottom of the, of the Eastern Conference seed, and then Jordan would walk up in there and just put fifty on them and dispatch of them in the first round. Those are those are some memorable days because that's when that's before the Bulls would break through in the in the nineties and start winning titles. Uh, they would beat up the likes of the Bucks and the 76ers, and you, you get that feeling of okay, this is building to something. I don't know if they're gonna be able to ever win a title, because at that point the Bulls hadn't won a title since like the 70s. Uh, but you were just thinking, all right, that, I know they're good. I know Jordan is great. I know team together. I know they can beat the likes of you know the the, the Sixers and the Bucks. But can they? get over the top can they beat the 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 pistons can they beat the best teams uh in the in the east and can they get to the nba finals and uh so th- those building those building years as you know when you follow a team and you love a team those those years where they're building up and they're putting it all together those are the, the, the real fun years because you can see the, the beginnings of something you can see that there's something there it's just you don't know if they're going to put it all together but it's fun as hell to watch them uh start putting it together at the, at the beginning oh yeah
0: it's as fun as as fun as all the titles were with those Bulls teams, the run up was yeah. what made it all worthwhile, right? I mean if you didn't go through all those years of not being able to beat the Pistons and watching that team come together, you know, Jordan becoming Jordan and then you know, and Scotty and Horace and all these guys, and it's like you could just it's all coming together and it's just like, you know. I, mean, I don't know if I was ever more excited about all six of those titles. The first one, to me, was always still the best one.
1: That's that's Magic Johnson and the Lakers. They, they can't yeah. be magic. That's, they, come they, on, beat man. In,
0: they took them in five.
1: Yeah, they lost that opener and said, okay, we're, we're done learning. No more learning curve. We're going to come beat the ass four in a row. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. All right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that was that was something. Because that was that that was just earned, you know. And then all the other ones, it just became, you know, like, you know, I think we started taking it all for granted. It just started getting boring after a while.
1: I definitely took it for granted. I don't know if it was ever boring to me, but I definitely like, okay, it's another finals, and we're gonna win because we're the Bulls.
0: Like even, um, the, even the ways they would would win would become the same.
1: Right. You know, give them a little bit of a, a rope and make them think they got a chance. And then uh, game six it's Jordan, it, it's over. You can't beat him No. Um, one of my favorite early uh, memories, uh, like I was in a play in eighth grade. I was, uh, we did a production of Annie Get Your Gun. And my role was like the train conductor. It was like four lines or something. And, um, very fun doing the play a lot of uh, camaraderie and all of that but uh one night I missed MacQ and I remember exactly why I missed MacQ cuz I had my walkman and so I was sitting in the gym listening to Jordan and the Bulls uh put one of those beatings on the Bucks in the playoff series it was one of those like game 3 up in at the Mecca up in Milwaukee and you you knew the you know it was, back, it was best of 5 so you know game 3 that's it you, you put them away and and it's all over and you move on to the next round. And I was wrapped up in, in them beating the fuck out of uh, uh those terrible Bucks teams and and moving on and I completely missed my cue and people are running around looking for me and uh had to find me and drag me uh on the stage. Hey, you're just to me on and I get out there and I can I can hear the uh one of the teachers playing the piano and just kind of keeping the crowd occupied because I that's how bad I that's how much off cue I was was they had to fill the time by by playing some some little piano music and and I could hear the crowd murmuring and wondering what's going on and I run out there all breathless and I deliver my lines with you know hardly any breath behind them because I'm completely uh gassed because I was running trying to to make my cue and yeah, good times. Uh, a lot of fun. That, that's what I'm talking about. Those old days, you get so wrapped up in, in the building of, of your, your favorite team and your franchise that nothing else matters. I Man, I had my headphones on and listening to, the, to that game, and I forgot where I was. I had no concern about anything else in, in life except uh, Jordan and the Bulls. Come on, beat these Bucks, Put them away. Come on, beat these guys. They're bums. Man, I, that's all I was thinking about. Totally blew my cue.
0: Yeah, that would have been what eighth grade would have been ninety.
1: Yeah, I believe this was right before the right before the spelling bee. Yeah, yeah, nineteen
0: what was spring in nineteen ninety. Because the first title was that
1: ninety two. Was it uh, 91, 91, Yeah, the next ninety one. Yeah, okay,
0: yeah.
1: Because I, uh, I I went to the spelling bee and go to Washington, and during that week, uh, Memorial Day weekend was uh, that. Eastern conference finals against the Pistons where they pushed, they pushed them to seven and game seven, I think was, was it on a Sunday? Um, uh, God, I can't remember exactly what day, but I was in Washington DC for that game seven and, I don't know what obligations that I had as far as the the spelling bee week, but I was in front of my TV for that game seven. There's was nothing was going to make me miss game seven of that Eastern Conference Finals because I thought that was our chance. That was the Bulls' chance to break through and and beat those old Pistons and send them packing. But nope, wasn't meant to be. had to Had to wait another year.
0: Yeah, those 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 Pistons Bulls
1: uh, rivalry slug, Good, man, was, Yeah.
0: Oh man, because the Band of Pistons come on, they were dirty. I mean, they...
1: oh, totally and proud of it, and knew so the and they Knicks. knew. And they, yeah, they knew they they couldn't have won any championships without being dirty as hell. They knew it, and and, and did it anyway because they knew they could get away with it. Yeah,
0: yeah, but that was you know that was a different time, right?
1: Definitely, you definitely could not do that uh, today. <laughs> not a chance. Today. <laughs> With
0: Isaiah and Lambeer, yeah, Lambeer. and John Stalley and Rodman. Yep.
1: All of them. Dirty as hell. Buddha Edwards, you know. all of them. <laughs> but you the know only, what? Even though You had one clean you hated, player on the whole team in Dumars, that's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Even though you were Bulls fans and, and, and you hated the Pistons, you always respected
1: them. No, I, I wanted their plane to crash. You I didn't did. respect them at all. You didn't want their plane to crash. Yeah, I did. I, <laughs> I hated back them.
0: And you're like, yeah, all right. Still don't I want mean, to
1: in the de- credit. <laughs> yeah, I do. I no, I understood why they won, and I, I, I guess I kind of respected that. Like they, because they knew it was so obvious. That's that's the thing. They weren't sneaky about being thugs and bad boys. They were proud of it. They ripped you out of the oh, air oh. and threw you into the basket, and like stood over you, like what? What are you going to do about it? So yeah, I, I guess a little respect uh, in, yeah, as far as that goes. Crazy.
0: I mean, they didn't like. They weren't like the the. You know. They weren't the team that they weren't this thug team, that was, like, denying it.
1: They weren't trying to pretend they were something they weren't. They they were absolutely dirty and thuggish, and there's no way they could have ever won NBA titles without doing that. You right. you talk about the 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 Celtics of the '80s, the the. Uh, uh, the legacy uh, of that team and and Bird McHale Parish and and DJ and Ainge and all that, the Showtime Lakers of course Magic and Kareem and Worthy, uh, you're not beating teams with that kind of talent unless you're dirty as hell. There's no the way they would have competed with them.
0: They were the bad boys.
1: Exactly, and proud of it. And yeah, so, no, they they knew what they were, and, and that's why it was so much. It was so satisfying to to finally get over the hump and and beat them. And then watch them run off the court like a bunch of pussies. Ain't <laughs> gonna get me fired up over here. Ooh. But you know
0: made those made those Bulls teams tougher, right?
1: Shit, yeah, because Jordan wasn't taking no shit from nobody after getting through all the, uh, what the Pistons were doing to him. That's for, that's for sure. All
0: right, because everything after that was easy. You could handle all those. <laughs> you you get through them, you could handle all those Western Conference teams in the finals.
1: And they weren't trying
0: the, to. They were trying to murder you.
1: And you can handle when the Knicks uh, kind of tried to stand up in the in the mid nineties and try to be the bad boys part two, and you're like, oh, I've seen this shit before. Okay, whatever, and just just go right through them because you knew but they the were the Knicks.
0: Weak. The Knicks were. They definitely took the mantle. That was a dirty right. thing too.
1: Yeah, no doubt. They they definitely tried to to, and they they knew that's how they were going to win too. You're not winning an NBA title with, with John Starks and Anthony Mason unless you're a dirty ass teen. Come on.
0: It, was that when Oakley went there?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Oakley was there too.
0: Oh. man. Speaking of yeah, Bulls but... and Knicks, and my uh my daughter likes to, to watch dancing with the stars.
1: Okay.
0: She's she she loves music and she loves dancing. She said she likes it so she, well they watched her and my wife watch that so I'm sitting downstairs and they're watching it and I was like wait that Charles Oakley
1: on Dancing with the Stars?
0: Yeah, he, he was oh, terrible. Gosh. He got he got he got booted right <laughs> quick. I think he was like the first one gone. It was terrible. I mean, it was so it was like stiff. I mean, he looked like Herman Munster out there dancing.
1: So he looked like a former NBA player trying to dance.
0: Yeah, with with bad knees.
1: Right, because that's what they all look like.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Not yeah, like these football guys who all seem to go on there and do really well. All these basketball guys running on the hardwood for for fifteen oh, twenty years, you know, their knees are all shot. Yeah, he look he yeah, seriously look like Frankenstein out there.
1: Yeah, uh, Dan Bernstein, the Chicago sports host, he says the ugliest thing in the world, and it's consistent across the board, always, is ex basketball players' feet. They're all mangled. Oh. They all got oh. holes cross crossing each other and broken bones and everything, so that's the ugliest thing, and it's across the board, no matter what, it never fails, if you played basketball for a long, long time, your feet are completely fucked up, all of them
0: well, you gotta think about how hard that is
1: yeah miles, miles and miles and miles, up and down that court every day, every time, every game, they 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 track it now. They got uh, you can tell how many miles per game that somebody has run up and down the court, and it's it's a lot. So, yeah, think about that uh, over eighty two games over ten, fifteen, twenty seasons. And when you think about that, that makes you appreciate even more of what LeBron James is doing in his career and and how many games he's logged and postseason games and everything yeah. else, and he's still doing it.
0: It's and not just the running, the, the jumping.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the, you know, the, the running and, and, the, and, the, and, the, uh, and the muscling they, through, and
0: yeah, and the landing on other people's feet, and twisted mm-hmm. ankles. And yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't need to
1: see it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't need to see mangled NBA players' uh, feet either. The, the closest that I've gotten is uh, in uh, in that same school that I was doing the play in Ogden. Um, we had uh, an ex NBA player <clears throat> come up and speak one time. His name was Clifford Lee. He was a center of, in the '70s. I think he played with the Bulls. I think he was with the Warriors and, and some other teams as well. And he rolled up his leg as part of his little speech, uh, just to show the uh, scar from the whatever knee surgery that he had. And it was the it was it was it was gnarly. It was. Uh, it was a long ass scar, man. He had a long leg, but it was a long scar all the way man. up and down his knee. And uh, so that's that's all I need to see for to understand what what NBA players and any pro athlete really goes through.
0: Oh yeah, any of these sports, football. You know, I do not say baseball. We have Baseball players deal with it too.
1: Yeah, I don't want to see any pitchers' arms after all the Tommy Johns that they've had. I'm sure they got a lot of scars. And yeah, sure the the baseball players that run around, they got mangled knees and, and ankles as well. I mean, you know, remember watching all those old guys try to run at the end of their careers and you know, Billy Buckner's and Al- Andre Dawson's oh, and guys under, like that. And,
0: that wasn't running. That was ambling. <laughs> I believe is the uh,
1: proper Bullying.
0: term for that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cause it doesn't look natural when some of these guys are trying to run.
1: Not at all. Oh, got a little uh, throwback uh, in our after show there.
0: We've always we've, we're always throwing in the old old, old Chicago,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, because we couldn't God we couldn't we couldn't sit here and tout our baseball picks.
1: <laughs> oh, no, we talked about it. we we owned it. It's, I mean, I, who, who could predict this this crazy ass season well, hey, anyway? At
0: least, we, we at least got all of our. I know everybody got in for baseball, but hey, we got all of our at least World Series teams in. You know, we were giving ourselves the, the 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 credit for you know the good picks, like I did on the last show, where we, like, we crapped on the Nationals and you had the White Sox, I had the Padres. You know, like, there were a lot of things I think for an unpredictable season that we were still right about. We knew the Dodgers would be good.
1: Of course, because it's the regular season.
0: You know, I knew that I had the Twins win in the side. The Twins and the White. I had the Twins win in the Central, and the White Sox finished in second uh they're both bounced indians are bounced so not a good year for the central divisions
1: <laughs> period general, they
0: are the big 10
1: <laughs> that's that's definitely not good that's um, seven
0: that's seven teams from the central divisions all gone
1: that, that really is just like the big 10 the seven teams on the opening weekend of the, of the big dance and all all bounced
0: uh, except for Michigan State, they all right. the state. they will they will win the whole thing, but every other Big Ten team gets bounced in the opening uh, in the in the opening round.
1: It is interesting. What is, either they go to the final four or they get bounced in like the second round. There's no in between with Michigan State. I don't, I don't know how so, they keep pulling that off.
0: I was noticing a really interesting trend here with uh, baseball. So all of these second round games, uh, yep, it's official. All four second round games are division, division matches. Hmm. Isn't that? That's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's 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 one of those coincidences, but yeah, it is, yeah. It's, it's it's something.
0: Astros and A's, Yankees and Rays, Padres and Dodgers, Marlins and Braves. It almost it's lyrical.
1: They keep trying to hype that uh, uh A's and uh Astros match up like it's gonna be a uh a, a knife fight, oh, like it's gonna be uh you know
0: yeah.
1: a West Side story or something. You know, oh these these teams they hate each other, they're staying in the same hotel, it's, it's gonna be a brawl. Okay, whatever. Just wait till fires gets that start. <laughs> Well, but they can't throw at him. He's the pitcher. I'm sure they would like to bean him, but he's he's the he's the one on the mound. So I don't. I think there's a lot of you know drama trying to be blown up about it. But I don't think too much is going to come of it.
0: What team got more of a pass this year than the Astros, not having to deal with fans?
1: That was a very lucky break.
0: And then having all the lockdowns as we were rolling into the season. And, and then everything goes on a break. You know, basically we don't see any baseball until what was it? August 1st, roughly, you know, it was like July 30th, July 31st when we finally saw a baseball game. Um, but after all that initial, you know, sort of COVID struggles that baseball went through, went through, they've, they've mostly gotten this under control. I would say we haven't had the issues like we had early on with the Marlins and the Cardinals and,
1: yeah, thankfully, it didn't roll from team to team. That, that's a good thing. Oh, got football going through it. Right. And then the Astros, um, not just the fans, but think about how heated everything was w- uh, between all the players in the league in spring training. Remember, the Astros were trying to set records for how many guys can get beaned in a game, and that I was just in spring training. If
0: it was the regular 162, they were going to set the record for the number of beanings in the season.
1: So then you have the COVID strike and uh, that's three months or so of cooling off for everybody. Like, I guess right. to get perspective and realize, you know, maybe it's not that big a deal. Uh, so then we come back and just play ball. We're, we're just happy to be out here playing ball and making some money. We're not going to worry too much about the Astros and, and behold, they make is, the playoffs.
0: His name is Joe Kelly.
1: Well, yeah, he definitely had some some thoughts about them still. But for the most part, it, you know, it, we thought that was going to happen every series for the yeah. Astros this year. And I love it. That. Didn't turn out that, that way. That <laughs> all the baby
0: pieces at them and all that. Oh man. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: no. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: thought that was great. Joe Kelly might be a future inductee into the <laughs> IMLC Hall of Fame.
1: Uh, he he had, he had some fun with it, I guess, uh, and I'm, I'm good for him. Yeah, we thought it was going to be something that was going to occur like pretty much every weekend. It was going to be another uh, bean brawl between the Astros and somebody else. So maybe it'll happen in the in the series. Uh, They they keep hyping it like it's going to happen. So maybe it will.
0: Yeah. So uh, did you did you did you watch the debate? Did Did you watch the debate Tuesday?
1: Absolutely not. Oh Oh my god.
0: God. So so here is you were talking about. I, I made the most tasteless analogy to somebody I was talking to today at work. Um,
1: you know,
0: I, I said that I, I will never know the horror of uh, what it must have been like to to be in the twin towers on 9/11. But that's how it felt after watching that debate. Like I'm trapped Man. in the building, and it's like, <laughs> do I want to burn to death, or do I want to <laughs> jump to my death? Man. That's how I felt after watching Biden and Trump. I'm like this is what we're going to get. I'm either going to burn to death or I'm going to jump to my death.
1: <laughs> well, and it's pretty now much I why know, I, avoided I will never watching. truly know
0: that horror, but I'd be like, man, this is what it must have felt like. You look one way and you could run into the fire and burn to death, or you could just jump out of the building and it and, and, and fall to your death. But that's how I, that's what I felt like watching that debate. Like these are the choices. This is what we get. This is what we we deserve this America.
1: That, yeah, I'm 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 di- di- divorced from it. I'm not involved. I'm not watching. I'm not. I'm I'm consider just removed. Yourself, like, consider
0: yourself <laughs> lucky that you did not watch it. My wife and I watched it. Uh, it was like I don't know, 45 minutes in, and I was just like, I-, I need a beer. I, I seriously <laughs> she's like, yeah, get me one too. I was like, oh, I- I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm glad my kids are asleep right now because I couldn't imagine them watching that. You know, this is for me growing up, like, I enjoyed all that when I was a kid, like, growing up and when it would get to be debate time and staying up on election night and watching all that stuff, and I always had that interest in that, and it's like, this has made me so disinterested from the whole thing. It's like, I can't can't take it anymore. Calgon, take me away.
1: Yeah, there there used to be a sense of decorum to all of that. That that seems like so long ago. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, so I told you I had a nice tasteless analogy, but that's what it's, that's how I felt. I mean it's like, yeah, it was what the guy I was working was like, you know, that's really good. I never really thought about it that way. I'm like, yeah, it's like <laughs> you wanna get punched in the face, you don't want to get punched in the gut. <laughs> Which one do you want?
1: I chose neither. <laughs>
0: you are smart. You <laughs> should have been watching Nick at Night reruns or something. I don't know. Anything else. I should've been watching old episodes of Chips.
1: Can't imagine uh, Pence and, and Kamala Harris is going to be too much better either, so that's the next one to look forward to.
0: Well, fortunately, the one thing that my house is not lacking in is alcohol.
1: <laughs> this and prejudicial if- race has been sponsored by booze.
0: You know, they put in all the, like, pharmaceutical ads and stuff. They should have just had booze ads, yeah. they
1: just legalize the hard stuff. This is brought to you yeah, by Coke.
0: Pre- the Presidential Debate Commission, sponsored by Johnny Walker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, not the not beer. This isn't this isn't Bud Light. You got to go with the hard stuff.
1: You get the, the hard liquor in there.
0: Yeah. yeah, you get you get to these debates, man. You just just open up the liquor cabinet. The, the key. You got to get the, the the good stuff. That's what you need. The stuff that's like you take three sips of it and you're in the tank.
1: Or or the bad stuff. The, the stuff that costs uh, two ninety nine at the at the, ghetto, at the ghetto store and just gets you fucked oh, up yeah. the, the quickest.
0: Yeah, because cause, cause then you don't care how much you drink. All right. You just,
1: Brought to you, you by, just, you by just, you Mad do.
0: Dog 2020. Oh, <laughs> Buffed out the yeah.
1: 40s. Right to, right to the head. You're, <laughs> you're going to need it. <laughs> no, out
0: old, some St. Ives?
1: It works every time.
0: It every time. I Me and Billy D'll tell you.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not anywhere uh, involved in keeping up with any of that at all. I'm just I'm
0: scrolling Go down
1: the, the the social media and and seeing some of their comments about it. Some of my friends on Facebook were like they were calling it a shit show ten minutes in. So yeah, yeah I did like, I, I didn't miss anything. And...
0: I had to tell Trump to shut up. <laughs> it took all that of. Long. Our- he was calling him a clown. I mean, it was just like, yeah, they were both going back and forth. They had Trump was he 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 was digging into Biden. I mean, they were getting shots on each other, but it was like, this isn't what you want to see. This isn't, you know. We're, the, the, I was waiting for the bust out the air horn.
1: Right, or, or, or this for a chance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's
1: not I what I want to have, see. I know that.
0: They should have that. Every time somebody gets the zinger and just play the air horn. Very, very Next 2020.
1: Next moderator, Mari Povich. <sighs> um,
0: no, they'll, they'll, they'll bust out like old school. They'll go like Sally Jesse Raphael or something like that.
1: I wonder what she's doing these days. Her intern, I, Jenny <laughs> Jones and all the rest Jenny,
0: of them. Gay dudes killed. That, that was Jenny Jones.
1: <laughs> yeah remember there, there's so many of those those shows there's uh, ricky oh, lake and
0: he, oh god we both went to ricky lake
1: yeah
0: <laughs> two, i don't know if he's dead but they dig up morton downey jr oh, he would be perfect, dead. but they, he'd be perfect bring back his ghost
1: no uh, he's uh there, there's so much of that going on right now when you think about morton downey when you think about pro wrestling and, and all of that uh just going after the attention, no matter what, like I said, there used to be decorum with, with all of this. Um, You know, not that politicians were, you know, being honest and uh, they they weren't all upstanding citizens, but there was certainly a level uh, that they aspired to, to now there's no level. It that was just sink straight to the bottom. Um, Yeah. Because that's
0: like, you knew you were being lied to, but at least you liked the guy.
1: At least it was a wink and a smile to it.
0: Hey, I know you're making all these promises, and you're not going to keep any of them. But I like you. <laughs> so I'm going to vote for you. <laughs> you're my kind of guy.
1: <laughs> I like you, and you're not just going for the lowest common denominator. You're not trying to just completely sink to the bottom of, of the of the class barrel. You're at least attempting to keep your head above water, which is respectable, you know, in, in its own way.
0: Now everybody just makes you feel icky.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm divorced from it.
0: Good for you. Good for you. All the stuff I was reading today, it was just like, oh, my God, because all, all the people dunking on Trump for getting sick. You know, it's just like, oh, man. Like, you know, there's so many people, I don't know what they're going to do when he's gone. It's like, who, 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 who are these people going to dunk on when there's when Trump's not around anymore? So I, I Honestly, I think the people don't like him. Because what, what I was talking to my mom about this last night, i like, or this morning, I was like, it's like he's like an ugly mirror for people. It's like all the worst things about us and all the worst things about our country. They look at him and they see it, and it just like makes people go crazy. And it's like I just, you know, I don't know what people are going to do when he's not around anymore. It's not just going to be like, oh, everybody's great and happy now, and we, we've cured everything, and we hey, we eliminated racism because we put end racism in the end zone.
1: <laughs> that did had, it.
0: That did it. <laughs> it's gone.
1: No more racism.
0: Don't, don't worry. By week seven, the message is just going to say racism, no more. Racism is go- racism <laughs> here. So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what it's going to look like when he's not around. Because you're going to have all these people who've done nothing but have outrage for years and years and years. They're just, just going to move on to the next outrage.
1: Uh, I can't speak for anyone else, but I know I've never seen anything like Trump. I. Can't I oh, still no. can't believe he's you know, made it this far, and so I don't really have anybody. I'm waiting for him to to take his place. I hope no one wants to take that place. Uh, and and going for the lowest possible common denominator in every situation because uh, who wants to do that? I don't. He's the only one that really wanted to to try that strategy, and it worked. So you know he he got the office, but uh, God, the way he. Got it. I, I don't know why anyone would want to try to do that. That that's got to be a horrible existence to always look for the worst yeah, just, in every situation.
0: I don't uh, see anybody trying to repeat that. It does. It does feel like a. It's like a one-off. They can't. Like, it, it's unsustainable.
1: You, you can't do. You can't beat Trump. There's only one Trump. There's only one guy that would, would want to do that. Want to be the tough. most hated person in the world. He, he, he's he's the one. Hopefully so there won't me. be anything like that again.
0: No, it'll just be no. I'm not talking about like with you. I'm, I trust me. Like with I was <laughs> with what you posted today, it, it, it was nothing compared to what I was seeing out there today. It was like, oh man, no, oh sure. man, my brain, my brain. I gotta, <laughs> I have to try to disconnect myself from everything because it's crazy. On it, people are crazy on both sides, you know. Because you know, they're all driving me nuts.
1: Yar. Uh, that's why I'm divorced from from all of it. Like I said, I just keep up on social media a little bit and then that's about it.
0: Got a month allegedly till the election, but then it's gonna probably take them a month to count the votes. The other gonna drag this thing on on and on and on and on and on. Yeah,
1: of course. It's
0: WWE. That's what I thought I was watching. I was watching two eighty year old guys cutting a promo.
1: And that's what all of it is. That's where Trump learned how to be that that kind of guy, is, is from you know, being in WWE. I'm serious. I, I was talking about this before he got elected. Like you, uh, he, he is Vince McMahon in, uh, personified. He really is. He just he, he learned all the lessons of how to to get emotions out of people, how to get a rise out of people, how to make them uh, deal with you on an emotional level instead of an intellectual level. Just don't deal with intellect at all. Just completely throw that out the window, and, and this is what you get. And so he learned all those lessons. He uh, absolutely cashed in on those lessons and and, uh, and, and the networks cashed in on him in turn. I think that's where it all takes off is I don't think he is nearly that popular, get that many presidential votes. If this is, you know, in the era before television, but because CNN and, and Fox news and NBC gets to put this act on TV every night for everybody to see, that makes them think that he's, must be legitimate, because they see him on their TV every night, not realizing that he's on their TV every night because he's a clown and people love to watch a clown. It's not because he's legitimate at all, and that, but that just keeps egging everything on. The more, he, the more of a clown that he acts, the more he's on TV, therefore, the more people think, oh, he, he must have something. He keeps showing up every night. Well, no, it's because he gets ratings. It's not because he's saying anything. Yeah. Believe me. Which
0: is ironic because all these these news organizations i quote, air quotes um they keep giving him all the time you know they're all pretending like they're they're against him but they're not realizing that, that that what's the first rule of publicity right there's no bad publicity
1: and the first rule of ratings is there's no bad ratings so they just keep exactly. hanging on there no matter what
0: whether you're where you're for whether you're like Fox News, where you're, you know, it's rah, 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 or whether you're at MSNBC and, and CNN, where it's all, you, you hate them, guess what they're not talking about on those two stations, especially. They're not talking about their guy.
1: No, because he's not going to bring the ratings. He's not going to yeah. put them in, in Mercedes and big houses. P- putting the sure. crown on TV, that's going to give them the, the, what they're looking for.
0: It's it's a circus, it, you know. It's the three ring circus. That's all they're doing. Because so that's the, the 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 worst thing that I could say that I took away. Not the I, you know, dying by fire or dying by jumping from the debate. <laughs> Trump was so overbearing through the whole thing. you wouldn't let Biden really. You still don't know what Biden's about. I still don't know what he stands for. So hopefully, I'll find out
1: you're going to have to listen to sometime when, when Trump isn't around because if Trump is on the stage, you're not going to find out. That's what I was, uh, I was reading uh, that uh, I guess Biden was trying to talk about his, his damn dead son that that served in the military and died of cancer. And Trump was breaking in and uh, what about the son that was on drugs? And it's like, are you serious right now? This is what he was all about. Okay.
0: That was, that was a bit, no, Biden got, he got his things in. He he got it. He was, I don't know which track he was on because Trump was talking about one thing and then Biden pivoted to the dead son, which I'm like, oh, that's very, you can tell that Biden's been a politician for a long time. It's like, you know, he he's what we were used to, right? You know, don't answer the question, pivot to something else, sneak in the emotional stuff where Trump just, like you said, Trump just tries to sell it, but he sells it, you know, to, he turns it up to 11 for everything Where Biden's been, he's been around. He knows what to do. You know, and you could just see that it's like you've got this sort of like I wouldn't even call it new school, old school because it's not like I don't think is what we said. Trump's not going to sustain this, but you know, he wasn't. You know, his way of doing it versus like what's been the way that we're used to doing it. You could definitely see the styles clash, and it was.
1: Yeah, it's definitely sort of old new in that respect. It's, it's the old way of being a, a politician and, and having some decorum and having a level that you won't sink below versus the new way of just say whatever and inflame everybody just so people will still, will keep watching you. That's all, that's all Trump wants. Just keep watching me.
0: That's why Twitter, uh, Trump are a matter, you know, matchmate in heaven.
1: I can only imagine what Twitter was exploding during that debate I'm sure
0: oh yeah no, no. all all it was today is dunking it was like, how many people how hard can you dunk on Trump and it's like okay I get it but you've been doing it for four years people it's like nothing that you're going to say first of all nobody's original about anything because by the time you see the first response you see the same joke over and over and over again it's like you're not being funny people <sighs> I look for originality. That's the one thing I do look for on on these on, on social media. I'm not even on. I don't even pay attention to that Facebook anymore. It's completely deleted. But painful to watch.
1: Yeah, this whole good.
0: election years, man, and COVID. It was like it's all. It's this is like the perfect shit storm, isn't it?
1: Um, I'm very, uh, well, I don't know, I was going to say afraid, but that's not quite the right word. But I'm not looking forward at all to two weeks from now when Trump's uh, symptoms have cleared and he's feeling better. And he used to step out and say, see, it wasn't that big a deal. You were all just worried about nothing. We could have. Been every, everyone should get the COVID. It's it's just fine. I'm fine. My wife's fine. Everybody's fine. Everybody should get the COVID. Ignore the 200,000 people that have died and the the millions around the world that have gotten sick. It's fine. It's not a big deal. I'm I'm not looking forward to that at all. you get the COVID
0: and you, and get, you the,
1: get the COVID. You you know?
0: get the COVID. Uh, oh no! Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean that's that script writes itself.
1: Mm-hmm yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not looking forward to that.
0: Oh, look at the bright side; we're almost through this one. One of the positive things about 2020 the blazing by is that we've blazed through most of this election cycle. Thank God.
1: Yeah, the uh, the the other side of it is what fresh hell awaits us in 2021. I don't. Uh, I I know the election cycle will be over, but it's still. I
0: well, we don't know how that's going to go. I mean, we still don't know if we've. Got to deal with Trump for four more years, or if we're going to have Biden.
1: Either way. Uh, yeah, I don't, don't think much.
0: Mean... Of Honestly, I don't think much. <laughs> yeah. of I, I think that's the that's I my think. takeaway is uh, I, I don't think we have to deal with the the, the hyperbolic you know media with bombshells and by that comes down, but yeah, I think that things dramatically you know, improve.
1: I, I, they can't get much worse. I will tell you that. i say that. <laughs> I certainly, hope they can. But like I said, that's, that's what I'm wondering about is for 20. The model, Jordan Reed, Paul Adams. <laughs> it, oh, they're fine. There's nothing wrong with them. They're, there's there's nothing. Yeah, that, that's the, that's my motto for 2021. It can't get worse, can it?
0: Oh, oh man, yes.
1: <laughs> the answer, hopefully, is not yes, but but it might be.
0: Yeah, what I'm, what I'm equating watching a presidential debate to 11 <laughs> And it
1: makes sense. <laughs> you know there's problems. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of problems. All right, I, I know you had, uh, got the big day tomorrow. I got to work tomorrow, so I wasn't trying to... got to work tomorrow? Nah, I got to work tomorrow. Um, uh, so I wasn't trying to keep you for the whole... Uh, Show, but we wound up doing it anyway.
0: (laughs) Jury eyed, (laughs) but you know, we only disagree on two picks.
1: (laughs) That's unbelievable. (laughs) They have a
0: little conflict in the show or something to talk about. I disagree. It was cool. like it. was like our MLB picks.
1: Yeah, it was like a season preview show where we have every single division exactly the same.
0: No, the best part is when we've got that one, like, oh Oh, yeah that one pick, and there's no way anybody else in the you have the exact same
1: thing. I got the big surprise pick right here. I got oh shit, you got the exact same thing. Okay. Oh. Alright.
0: <laughs> well, I fully anticipate we'll split those two and be right back where we started.
1: Probably. Next week, um, cause that's usually
0: or maybe I can get my two back. That's what I would like.
1: Uh, don't get greedy. Come on.
0: We'll split. I'm I'm happy with a split. I'll use so it. Fine. I'm play the long game here.
1: No there, will not, there will not be a significant change either way, whether you sweep or I sweep or we split, believe me. It's true. <laughs> this yep. week is basically a wash. Four, <laughs> All right, so we're looking to get back on uh Saturday next uh next weekend.
0: Nothing, nothing drastically different. Uh, I don't have anything going on next weekend that I need to change it. So yeah, next week Saturday should be fine. Uh, I think I'm, I think I'm pretty smooth sailing on Saturdays for a while. The twenty fourth, twenty fourth would be weird. My dad might be coming up to visit. I don't mm-hmm. know. If that's gonna happen. I, I with, with, with not hundred percent sure he's coming. I don't know if Wisconsin's gonna still be here in three weeks.
1: Uh, <laughs> Might be completely <laughs> locked down.
0: Meteor, something crazy, you know, we'll get invaded, you know, something will happen with Trump and the COVID and then we'll get invaded, you know, so who knows? We'll, I'm just going to enjoy this while I'm last. I'm taking this all day. By. I'm just going to try to end this weekend with my family and then uh, every day after that is just a bonus.
1: That's about all we're missing is the alien invasion, right? Uh,
0: or just a straight-up invasion.
1: Like oh, North, uh, Korea,
0: North Korea,
1: oh.
0: just, or like China, or something, you know.
1: Putin just says, "All right, I'm through waiting. I'm taking over now." <sighs> uh, and,
0: it'd be tricky. He doesn't. China would probably be
1: more likely than
0: Russia, but it just doesn't have the military. To,
1: uh, but they don't need it. They got they got the president in their pocket. it will help them out. Oh. Oh man. All right. Well, enjoy your your time away from everything tomorrow and uh, this weekend, and I hopefully we'll get my time away with my wife uh, coming up for our anniversary week in in a couple of weeks. Uh, still, it's still possible. She still is. She she made a step. She made a step towards uh, leaving the, the 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 house bubble here. The 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 bubble of Dre. Uh, she uh, texted me. One one night before uh, I'm going to bed, she, she texts me and says, "Can we meet in the living room with mask on for a quick hug?" And I said, "Okay." And you know, you got to take what you can get, and that's what she was willing to offer. And for the first time in God, four five months, I think I put my hands around my wife, and I was very. Grateful to do it. Now she told me to turn away from her because she didn't want me breathing on her as I did it. So there's still some fear there, but you know it's a step. At least there's it's a step forward. So you know we're getting closer, and, and we're going to go to a, a drive-in movie tomorrow. And uh, at as of this moment, at, at this moment, she's saying that we're going to go in the same car. So hopefully, she still wants to. Tomorrow, we'll we'll find out. Um, so yeah, baby steps, and then we'll see what happens uh, in a couple in a couple weeks. If we get to go to our cabin out in the, in the wilderness. So whole... like,
0: something where you're going?
1: No, no. Over we we talked about it last week over there in um um in in the, in the, oh, the mountains no. there.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, we got we got the cabin we we're supposed to be renting so. We gotta go. I, I, I would say we gotta go, yeah.
0: Okay. All
1: but, right. But if she's not comfortable.
0: Uh, well, good luck with your the new picks. <laughs> we just...
1: Yeah. That's one of our record setting lockstep uh, weeks that we're ever going to have. So uh, we'll see how everything turns out. Uh, I love the overs. I guess just uh, keep that in mind. Let's see if this trend will.
0: It's just after three weeks we'll, we'll, receiving this.
1: Like similarly. I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. I hope, I hope it turns out great for us. Like I said. Uh, I, I don't know what, what's going to happen, but we'll, we'll we'll find out together on on Sunday. All
0: right. Y'all.
1: You, you all right over there?
0: Uh, you call time, death eleven
1: fifteen. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been, in much less detail, the podcast, our long football party, getting you ready for Week Four in the NFL coming up this coming Sunday. Everybody enjoy your football this weekend, and we will talk to you next Saturday back at our regular schedule time for our football party. 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern. We will talk to you then.